So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This is Matthew Media alongside my critique and fan in crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And this is another episode of Bears Beats Un Bailey. Yeah. So, we have lots to talk about. I'm not sure how long this entire podcast will be, but yeah. A lot of a lot of ish went down during the past week or so. Um for one thing, yeah, well, just just to mention quickly, um well in the on the hip hop music side, because you know me, I love my, my hip hop. Um Joey Badass's second um studio album, All American Badass, came out Friday. Well right. the Friday before the time of this recording. Um funny thing is is that it was actually leaked about a few days ago actually. It was leaked on Monday if I'm not mistaken. But um fortunately I got to listen to it on the day. Um I think it's an excellent album. Just quick, quick, quick review. Um, it's basically Joey being more political. He's more talking about, you know, race and poli- um, po- politics, basically, in America right now, you know, because of um, Trump being, you know, president and all that. So it has this really strong political stance. But what I would say, though, just quickly, um, compared to um, an album which kind of came out around the time when, uh, when, when I believe it was around the time when um, Trump was about to be elected. Um, comments Black America again, which I actually enjoyed, but a lot of people didn't really like it that much because it, the, you know, and I would actually agree with it too, it didn't really stick to topic. So there's really like a right. few political um, songs on the album, but everything else was just, you know, the typical common stuff that you love. But with this album here, All American right. Badass, fortunately, it stuck to the topic. It was on point, And I was worried that he was going to let go of that boom bap um, influence that made you know his debut mixtape 1999 which i absolutely love it's literally the best album of 2012 in my opinion fortunately it's still there and you know the lyrics are on point it's strong it's direct it's in your face um (laughs) i would say it's i I don't want to call it a near classic as yet because i only listened it once so i have to give it a few listens and then i could say yeah this is the best stuff or whatever but if i were to compare to say kendrick's album to pippa butterfly i would say it's he almost reached it. Like, Joey almost reached the Kendrick level right now in terms of just being that direct, you know, and being that much heartfelt and powerful with his lyrics. But he's getting there. So, guys, if you haven't checked out that album, definitely do. And on the subject of yeah. Mr. Kendrick Lamar, man, true boy. So, <laughs> a couple yeah. of podcasts ago, I mentioned that there was this track that he brought out called The Heart 4, or Part 4, where he took shots at both Big Sean and Drake, who, whose albums right. actually came out um, quite recently this year. And in the end of the song, he mentioned April 7th. Now, that was the date when All American Badass was supposed to come out. And everybody was kind of worried that, wait, um, Kendrick going to drop his album the same day that Joey's going to bring out his? No, actually, he kind of just came up with this announcement that his album is coming out on Good Friday. Yay! Right. <laughs> so yes, folks, April 14th, we are expected to get a new album from Kendrick Lamar. Yay! <laughs> okay. But I mean, oh gosh, man. Like, stop setting people up like that. At least, if it was some kind of big announcement about the album, at least drop another track now. Just see. But, you know, that's how mm-hmm. it is with, with you know, with, with music. No, you have to get the people all hyped up, and it's how you do it. Yeah. Right. Uh, but all that aside, though, uh, we have to talk about some TV related stuff. Uh, first off, we have to talk about yeah. WrestleMania 33 and all the trending stuff that took place. On that event that um, yeah. took place last this Sunday. Yeah, this is what I'm trying to. Because okay, so I, I you watched the entire thing, but I did. Yeah. I only uh, only kept up with it on Twitter, really. Right. Um, and then I watched the matches after. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll, I'll confess something too. Um, 
I don't watch all of the WWE pay-per-views. I actually do watch wrestling every once in a while. But you see, when it comes to like WrestleMania itself, that is the one right. that I always watch because I was excited to see what matches, you know, what team ups and whatnot. And you have Undertaker and Brock Lesnar, which, in my opinion, are the only two reasons why I watch WrestleMania in the first place. And yes, they were there, right? And they left a huge impact. But continue, right? Yeah, no. Uh, so it it just started. I was like, I was like, well, people who I follow, they watch WrestleMania. So I was like, okay, let me just click the tweet. So I heard Shane McMahon had a badass match. I was like, right, yes, cool. he did. Yes, Shane he McMahon did. always had a big entertainment, and everybody making the running joke is like, Shane McMahon is like what? It is late forties now. Forties or something, so, but you keep doing these these high elbow drops. Yeah, <laughs> and then I heard like the big news was well. When, uh, okay, so the new day I think hosted this year. Yes, yes, the the new day. That was something. I was hearing about them for a while. I was like, I'm gonna check well, them out. Yeah, they they bring a, a a sense of fun and vibrancy to the show. I won't lie. Yeah. But I read an article about them um, involving, well, quote-unquote, black excellence, and they, they came up as a part of the article. And I was like, oh, really? cool, okay, let's get okay. them a, Yeah, get them a look into them, like, you know, the geek culture, because they made basically a big Final Fantasy reference <laughs> for the entire WrestleMania, from what I understand. And so they came out, and in the big, it had a big, ladders match, a big ladder match, apparently. And, well, of course, they come out, they say, well, it have a new, you know, tag team coming to, who's the last tag team in this big ladder match? And then we start hearing the Hardy Boys theme song. The like, Hardy Boys yes. of all people, you know. Hardy Boys come back. I was I, like, wow. Well, when, 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 I, when I saw that, when I heard the music, that ding, 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 I was like, yeah, oh my god, Like, really? Yeah, I went I, crazy. He picked it up. Like, Holy shit. Did, and, okay, oh, so and another thing, who, like on Twitter, people just instantly started tweeting that. Like, you. OMG, Hardy Boys are back. Hardy Boys are back. They didn't mm-hmm. wait, you know, like about a five seconds when the music came on. Like people just start tweeting like crazy, but like I was on Twitter, so yeah, I knew what was going on. Yeah, I was it for for me. I they're probably one of the biggest iconic tag teams ever. Of yeah, course, mostly yeah, they yeah. been popularized. They have been popularized and popularized the the table the, the ladder match. What we know yeah. as the ladder match. Uh, yeah, they're, yeah, they're like the the progenitors of that. They master that shit. Um, the famous wonton bomb. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Just ridiculous high flying acts. I mean, they have some true goddamn classic matches in their in their roster. So to see them two of them come back uh, was just pretty goddamn awesome. Yeah, it, um, was, it was. And and they actually uh, won the defeat of four way, which was like awesome too. Yeah, they won the match. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is, uh, but this kind of bring up a big issue with with WWE, where you know they keep doling out the big highlights from the past and not giving a chance to new people. So I don't know what to do with that in terms of like a big highlight for the Hardy Boys and then what have them lose the titles again. The thing is they still have uh they have some decent energy, even though they're in the late thirties now. Um Right. They still have the energy to do these matches. Granted, uh they're not they're not spring chickens anymore. No. no. Um uh, but just to see them just to see them come back and, and bring back the energy will be kinda awesome. They need somebody to pass on that craziness now. And at can't see anybody doing that in the, in the limelight. I don't know who, which young wrestler could come up and just take that space now. Because they really had a particular niche that they did really, really well. Yeah, um, that, I, that they did. Uh, yeah, they had the, the TLC matches with the, with the Dudleys. That's, oh, that's oh, like, yeah. they were the big... That's my picture. So, yeah, I don't know. But, and but then, the Dudleys, uh, I think, I think yeah. um, retired um, last year, like late last year. Well, they said that they were they were retiring, or at least they were done pretty much with, with, with the wrestling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And... So 
it was just strange to see that that thing play out. Um, yeah. You know, Jeff Hardy. No, sorry. I think Matt Hardy is in his forties. Jeff Hardy is in his late thirties, I think. Okay. Right? Jeff Hardy is always the young one. Right. Correctly. Yes. 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 That's um, right. Um, but uh, well, then, and then the other, the other big news too, is the final retirement of the Undertaker. Yeah, I actually uh, want to save that for last, but yeah, let's mention it now. Yeah, um, they, they, they set up Roman Reigns, who is like the, well, um, like probably one of the most popular wrestlers out there. Like they're kind of grooming him to be the next rock. And it's kind of ironic because right. he is, you know, someone as well. He has someone inherited, sorry. And yeah, they had him right. defeat, well, yeah, defeat the Undertaker. And of course, in true right. Undertaker fashion, it took like about a five minutes for him to, to leave the stage and, you know, whatnot. But they make it look mm-hmm. so epic and kind of sad when you think about it because yeah. he had to stand up and take off the hat and take off the gloves and, you know, take off his um his yeah. his, 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 um, his jacket and just walk slowly, slowly, slowly back <laughs> backstage. You know, it, yeah. it, it was deep. It was deep. In, in an Undertaker kind of way, it was a nice fitting right. way to, to end off his um career basically right and yeah. uh but I, I would always argue that he should have retired like about five years ago um, I, I i know i know i know it, i i and i kind of think that he probably fell up of going to these things right like you see at no, the moment where I, um i think it's the moment where brock lesnar who you'll talk about in a bit that that moment where he beat him when it was like 22 and 1 or 23 and 1 I can't remember exactly I think it's 22 and 1 right yeah, yeah that was the moment like, where he could have retired so it was it was, uh, it was it was under the, it was against kayfabe it wasn't supposed to happen so oh, really? okay it, it was yeah from what I understand it wasn't supposed to, it wasn't part of the script now so oh. that's the bullshit went down like yeah, you're not because, supposed to lose that because Brock Lesnar you know Brock Lesnar and you know they had to kind of sell right. it now I guess alright understand right and the thing is, well, for me, I find the character, like, okay, so for me, I always love the character. I find the whole arc with Kane was, like, epic shit. Um, with, with Kane and, and Undertaker, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Classic you know, WWF some, stuff, yeah. Yeah, he had some incredible feuds, in my opinion. And th- I'd say the character kind of, he kind of started losing me when they did the, did the whole American bar- badass biker phase. Yeah, oh, that, that shit was, just never was That, that wasn't the really NWO era, I think. No, well, no, no um, he wasn't part of that. Sorry, okay. sorry, sorry. No, no, no. So what happened is that he, so he had a really kick-ass arc involving <laughs> the nation. No, sorry, not the nation, the domination, the corporation, and he had his own group called the Ministry, and right. then he merged it. It was this big badass arc with he merged the corporate mission. He's gonna marry Stephanie McMahon and had a whole thing, and they had a big arc with him and then Stone Cold and it had a whole thing. But it's right, a bunch right. of arcs, and this is you're supposed to marry Stephanie McMahon and control the control the WWF. That was the arc. And then that ended and that wrapped up, and then they decided to do this American badass thing. That was sometime in two thousand and one, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I kind of didn't give a shit at that point. You know, it's like <laughs> there's a bad direction. The character it didn't work. Uh, to me, they should have wrapped it up with Kane, and that was the problem. When when they revealed when they made Kane like a normal guy, basically. Later yes, on, I, I, I remember like, that moment. Yeah, that was so dumb. Right, that was like, oh the, the whole thing. Just <gasps> yeah, but the Undertaker was always a kick-ass character. He was always of a kick-ass. The premise of the character, he was always badass and since pretty much the beginning. Yeah, they but kept that, it, that, they that kept team it. song, though, there's no denying how incredibly yeah. creepy that, that team song is, right. uh, how it works perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, and pretty much just see his, his career is what? His career is what? Like, he started, what, 1990 or 1991, I forget? You know, you can remember, we could look back at it. He was always a big dude. He uh, always 1984, had a, he always had a great actually. He, he started when, when, well, his, like, wrestling, like, the year I was born, literally, 1984. That was crazy. No, but the, the character Undertaker, he was. It was nineteen eighty four. It was just. It was nineteen ninety one. It was the first WrestleMania. Um, 
it was around the 90s, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Run around the 90s with, um, you know, the WWF era, I believe it was around that time. Yeah. I'm not I, sure of the exact time. I used to be a wrestling expert. I used to be a wrestling expert back when I, I was 13 to 16, which was pretty much the perfect time for to be a wrestling fan. Um, of course, and, was and all that stuff. That was fun, dude. <laughs> yeah, that, that was pretty much the, the when the attitude, attitude era was winding down. That is when I started getting into it. So I was 13 when it was 1998 or so. And... That's when Stone Cold started to rise up. So it had that big moment when um, I remember Mike Tyson came on and he was a referee. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. That, that was a classic uh, moment. Right. So it was pretty much then, around then when I started getting to wrestling. And then I, st- I stopped getting, I stopped out of wrestling around the time they changed the name. When they changed the name from WWF to WWE. Yeah. Because it the was, World it was this big gimmick, get the F out. God, that was terrible. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and, and that's that's pretty much it. They merged everything. It had a whole ba- a big war with um, with WCW, and war. I actually remember WCW that actual night when it happened, though, where they stopped WCW right. Monday Night Nitro and said, "Hey, we're coming out." I remember that. Right, I've seen it. Like, Stone became a heel for some reason, and Kurt Angle took over, and he was. I was like, eh. at that point, I kind of stopped giving a shit. Yeah. like I was a big fan of Austin, but. Yeah, I kind of stopped giving a shit. But yeah, this this was like a big like send off, and you know, as it have a running joke now, it's like, well, yeah, you know, your childhood has officially ended with Undertaker's career done. That's pretty <laughs> yeah, much it. Yeah. Uh, everybody in their thirties now, late early thirties, you know, the early millennials. Yeah, your childhood is over. Yeah, thank, thanks to Mr. Roman <laughs> Reigns. <laughs> but um, right. yeah. um, I, you know, the thing is, it'll be fascinating to watch now what the the you know where the paradigm of of WWF. Oh, well, wrestling itself good gonna go because like it really a lot of people saying it really in the pits right now into the storytelling a lot of people not really feeding Roman Reigns if they find he's too forced onto the material um, a lot of people just it have a lot of backlash to this guy who was really popular around 10 years ago that is um, gosh what do you call him you can't see me oh yeah John Cena and we'll talk about John Cena, Cena. too yeah right now Cena just kind of right. like like either people just like like, like it's almost like Oh wait, John Cena's still part of this roster. Oh my god, you know what I mean? It's right. like that. It's like and people can not care less whether he he get injured or if he retired or whatever. He just he just D basically. Right. Um, but we can talk and about John Cena one time, no? Um, if you want to. Um, yes. So. Well, I, I didn't give a shit about that, but yeah. I, I, I don't um, know, but how, how did he do it? Was, got was married, got married real? No, well, got well, engaged. Yeah, no, no. He he. Is um, that real? Is that if? All right, John Cena basically. Um, Asked for Nikki's hand in marriage in your in, in your ring right. actually you know after they right. defeated the Miz and Maurice so they had this kind of arc where the Miz was kind of calling John Cena out and um oh gosh Nikki for being you know fake and soft and whatnot and they had this kind of silly match where they kind of beat them you know the kind of goofy match where the whole audience is laughing thing so after they get beat right. Cena they start to talk and then he went on your knee and you know actually proposed to to Nikki. What game you do is like you could you know you could kind of tell that they know what was going on because like I didn't see I only saw like Nikki was just smiling there. like when he say you will marry me uh, will you marry me now she just nodded and just hug and kiss him there was no tears running down there was no oh my god yes yes it was just nod hug kiss so like they knew what was right. going to happen there but for everybody else who saw it, it was just like oh like I thought it was kind of cute at least they tried something but I know you know it's it's wrestling and they had wedding ceremonies before I remember Kane had this thing with um oh gosh with Lita I think it's Lita or some other um, female wrestler or something like that so it's not new 
but just that whole proposal thing was 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 kind of cute. I actually like it. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, the yeah. thing is, the thing is, yeah. So it's it's real on kayfabe, or you're not sure it could be both. You know, sometimes these guys just get married in real. It's not really a gimmick. Yeah, They'll just well, make well, the bit and make it work. Yeah. Well, from what I know, they aren't married yet. If they did, I would have known. And I'm not seeing like right. I just watched Total Divas, so I would know. But I would pick it up like from Twitter, or Yahoo, like that. But I think right. it's kind of part kayfabe, part um, part real. You know, like maybe right. you proposed before, but you never. They never really announced it, so they had to just kind of do it in front of the ring so everybody would tweet about it. That's the thing now with, with wrestling. Everything is just about, you know, tweets and trying to get social media on board, basically. So that's something that would I get people real hype up to because, of course, Nikki Bella and, you know, Total Divas and E! Television and all that kind of stuff. So imagine the night afterwards for E! News, which I don't watch ever. They probably was talking about that um, for the entirety of the show or whatever. Um, what else? Uh, Brock, um, well, we, no, before Christ. I forget well, to, yes, Mr. Um, the second reason why I watch WrestleMania. Brock Lesnar, defeat Goldberg. Right. Yes, Goldberg was right. back this year. And in, yeah, yeah. A, well, the, this, this is actually the, 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 the third um, confrontation between the two. The first one that he had in this pay-per-view, I forget which one, was like real shocking because Goldberg actually defeat Brock Lesnar in like a matter of like two minutes, at least two minutes. It was so quick. And people were just like shocked that I was stunned. I was like, what really? And then it kinda happened again the second time. We kinda defeat him. A little it didn't take that it, it was pretty much um, a little bit longer. But yeah, old Goldberg defeat Brock Lesnar again. So it wasn't surprising here that yes, Brock Lesnar had to come and defeat um uh Goldberg with a bunch of, you know, F fives and suplexes and stuff. Like I wasn't surprised, like I knew he wasn't gonna do the same thing where Goldberg would have won for the third time. Nah, that that wasn't gonna happen, you know. Right. Yeah, but um, but you 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 saw anything about it on Twitter? Anything about it that was trending? Oh, not really. Just, or you can yeah, care I less. Yeah, I only follow the trends, and then I watch the matches. I care to watch after the fact. Um, okay, so you didn't I watch. watch, I, watch I only watch the Tigers last match. Shane McMahon's match was just pretty awesome. Yes, it was. And then, uh, and, and then who? um, the Hardy Boys match. That was it. All right. Okay. Right. <laughs> Well, the other people, yeah, thing, I mean, I the other people was they, they do the thing, but nothing really worth talking about, you know, the, the Randy Orton was the do eating, Kevin Owens do eating, um, right. Bailey do thing, you know, it was just what you would expect, basically. But, yeah, um, the surprise, though, really was, of course, with um, the whole reveal that, yes, Undertaker was going to retire and this was going to be his last match. Right. Yeah, so for me, I, I personally would like, I would love to see where you know, um, the WrestleMania pay-per-view will go from this point on because, you know, seeing The Undertaker at, at, um, at, at WrestleMania was always, like, the big highlight. It wasn't always, it wasn't just about Brock Lesnar. He just can't, he was just after the fact. But it was always about who Undertaker was going to fight. Would anybody break his streak? And, you know, just, you know, after um, Brock Lesnar actually broke that streak a, a couple of years ago, it's kind of like, well, yeah. Um, where are they going again with with the Undertaker? They kind of, you know, de immortalized them basically, you know, as a character. So it's kind of like, why you still have him there? But you know, they they end him off in 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 high fashion. So I don't know what that means. Uh, well, I don't. Well, I don't know where his career will lead off to. Well, I see. Um. Oh yeah. Before I forget, Kurt Angle now is now the the general manager of um, yes. Monday Night Raw because right. um. With this, uh, Mick Foley apparently had some kind of injury, so he wouldn't be able to kind of right. function. Um, 
Right. So I don't know if they'll give Undertaker his own like legit TV show and not some kind of stupid cartoon. Yeah. Well, you you know about the the the, the stupid little cartoons and you know cartoon movies like where they take well, Scooby Doo yeah, and Jetsons yeah, and all that kind of garbage. Like, um, Jetsons and all kind yeah, of bullshit. All, all, all kind of bullshit. I, I like really no 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 not Jetsons and WWE. Scooby Doo, okay, I understand because they did it before, <laughs> but not Jetsons, man. Yeah, Take my child like ridiculous. that, man. Oh God. <laughs> but yeah, I don't right. know. But it, what? What? That's the thing. It is fascinating, however, to see um, how again, as I say, I, I really want to see where the where the you know the franchise is going to go from here on in because again, it has some really interesting um, young people coming up. Sasha Banks, I actually really like. Yes, um, yes, yes. She's actually, um, I believe, um, Scooby's cousin. Right, the yeah. new day, and because the thing is, a lot of people made the claim that you know, a lot of people like to have the idea that well, just because the attitude era ended and it never really recovered from that, and I suppose the ratings can make that claim, but it doesn't mean that we, you could make bad wrestling, yeah, you just have to have good storylines and make it work. I mean, I so I kind of follow, um, the only people I follow to like make sense of wrestling is, um, well, I, I keep referencing Razor Fist, um, he has excellent videos on, um. Uh, on wrestling, at least the few times he talks about it, All right. and he and then um, Adam from What Culture, they have some good material, and then of course Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast. That's how I kind of keep up with some of the material, just from a from a from a from the from a the entertainment industry stand of it now, and yeah. how how to make it work and bring back bring back uh, ratings, and yeah. You know they really need to like I, I in many ways i kind of glad to see some big retiring and let let some of this stuff go out now because yes it have it's cool to see old wrestlers come back and make a make a big deal but it kind of getting a little ridiculous now and they really need to make start to make space to these people for a younger generation exactly they have like, to start like case in point that. goldberg like right like, exactly. like like the main reason why they brought him back like, on in so, the first place so was a hyper game. Come it was a hype video no i was saying the reason why they brought back goldberg was to hype their game their their video game now, the WWE yeah, 2K17. Exactly. That's why they brought it back. Right. Yeah, it's like, oh, and he's a playable character, so we need to bring him physically for everybody to get all hype and buy the game, you know? That's why. Right, exactly. And it, nobody give a shit. I, I, I don't know how much people give a shit for him to come back in the storyline because, you know, he should have come back back since... He should have come in and they should have brought him, brought him in since Stone Cold was wrestling. Yeah, in my opinion, yeah, because I was like hype by the time now. It's like, yeah, Stone Cold versus Goldberg. Whoa, that'd be badass. It would have been badass if they did it. Um, and they never really got around to doing that shit. I don't know. I, I, it was just a lot of bad decisions. A lot of people blaming Vince McMahon. They think Vince McMahon needs to kind of get out of the, the industry at this point. Because um, he's making a bunch of shitty decisions. And I don't know. I, I would like to see where, you know, if they start making some better and smarter choices overall. Um, with respect to ratings, because yeah, you had to get it in such a way where you get people who not that into wrestling to be into wrestling. Agreed. Um, yeah, it can't be. You had to, you had to get get it in such a way where fair where the fans, you know, are on board, and yeah. that's a bad sign. It just it really sinking for a long period of time. Yeah. I don't know. Now, I just say that's just my uneducated opinion. Yeah. Um. Well, I was just saying this in, in closing, right before we, we jump to the next topic, because like I say, we have a lot to talk about. Um. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of bugs me though is that I felt that you know like in the 90s early 2000s where they were grooming certain wrestlers to kind of i won't say branch out into acting i'm not saying that they intentionally allowed people like the rock and hulk hogan to, to do acting basically but you know now that they have their right. own wwe films and all that kind of stuff you right. know um they kind of grooming the kind of b-level 
wrestlers like Miz and Naomi and these people to be in these directed DVD movies, you know, basically. Like, you have the Marine yeah. 5 now. Like, anybody remember the Marine, yeah. the first one with John Cena? I saw it yeah, on big no screen. One. I hated it. It was terrible. Yeah, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> 12 rounds was actually better, but, you know, but forget all that. Um, so I kind of figure that, you know, with all these new talent coming in, like your Roman Reigns, your Seth Rollins and all these characters, for all these wrestlers, for example, you kind of groom them to eventually kind of break out and, you know, act and do other things. And it's similar to like what John Cena is doing and what The Rock is doing. And, you know, um, do it even, you know, Dave Bautista and all too. Like, look how far he reached. He was right. in a James Bond movie. Like, t- like, process that for a minute, you know what I mean? But, like, I realized it's just kind of more focusing on their own brand, their own, you know, kind of director DVD, disposable films, instead which, of just letting which? these actors... Sorry, why well, I keep saying actors? <laughs> instead of letting these wrestlers kind of really go out there and shine, basically, no, you know? The thing is, it's not the worst, it's not the worst thing ever, because they, they have been make, making some decent enough stuff. Like, okay, so, see, you know, Evil with Kane kind of sucked. I, I that. forgot but, about Cino Evil. <laughs> That's yeah, but, but to me, to me, like um, to me, the rundown or walk and told the rock was quite good. I mean, they, yeah, they yeah, have, yeah, they yeah, have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Nearly everything the rock did. Uh, they did that shit with the mirror. What's the name of that movie, boy? Um, it's a horror movie. Um, uh, gosh, it's slipping my mind right now. Gosh, who sat in it again? It wasn't. Like, it you, you won't know it. You won't know it was a horror, a, a WWE film. Um, shit, it's slipping my mind right now. Anyway. That the franchise, they they had to know what to do it with respect to getting the material out uh, in that way, now. and that is the problem. They never really say, "All right, let us make this work with its own characters." Like I, again, I would love to see an Undertaker movie and make that work, like just build up that mythos, yeah. and somebody can sell and write it. It work. Yeah, I I I would definitely yeah. I would definitely go and see that. Go and yeah. see that, eh? not uh, wait till it comes out on Blu-ray and buy it or stream it. I say go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Like you can get yeah, like really, really sit down and, and get it right and done. Now. And you know, Kane, Undertaker, that whole you know, they they are brothers and Kane was locked up in a basement and Paul Bearer and well they'll probably obviously have to recast Paul Bearer. Of course, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and stuff like that now. Just make a, a kick ass, like, you know, um what do you call it by the Hills of Eyes style kind of craziness about that shit now and make it work. Mm-hmm. And that is where to me the franchise can spread up because yes, on the one end, you know, the, the, the wrestling is still popular, but they're not really giving a good space to these people. Even though I think people like uh, Trinity Fatu and uh, like the New Day could do could have an interesting future. Um, that ain't showing up just anytime, anytime soon. And they, yeah, they, yeah. they have to this material spread out. I don't know. It's just a future. It's a speculate, it's speculative future. We don't know. But I know there's WrestleMania. It was pretty interesting to see. You know, it was interesting that it, it came back into my mind um, in this way. Mostly because of Jeff Hardy and them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, what I would say is like just final, final, final thing. Like I wouldn't say this WrestleMania was was the best, the grandest I've ever seen. It was like if I don't rate it, I'd give it like a three and a half. It was it was decent. It had some decent matches right. and some shocking, a few shocking things happened. But other than that, you kind of knew what was going to happen. But you know, the big highlight, of course, was Undertaker, and you know, fortunately, we got the chance to see it. So yeah, moving along from yeah. wrestling to Walking Dead, because it's either you were watching yeah. Walking Dead, or you were watching WrestleMania, right. or you were waiting till the next day wake a torrent boat. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. um, season finale of um, se- um, season finale of season seven of Walking right. Dead took place um, Sunday right. night, same night. I as, actually um, watched this. Sorry, I actually watched it. 
I was like, there's a long, a long damn time I've been watching Walking Dead. Oh, really? Okay. You abandoned yeah. the show so quick? Okay. <laughs> a long time. A while. Wow. I, I was always I, faithful I, to it, though. I, I, I don't care what the, what the, the critics yes. and the haters say, but I still watch it, man. I, uh, I can what happens that I, I really get like I I was like totally underwhelmed with what they did with Negan like I like Negan in the show but like compared to the comic it's like yeah they just make this slow and, and real drawn out now like oh, couldn't yeah, give yeah. couldn't find to, to just make the effort to go and see this I didn't give a shit but um, they did but that yeah this all with um, with the governor like stretched out his um his story that's the problem right right and it, to have to have governor basically Negan is like girl governor again but more vicious in a different way and yeah. even though they are different characters in the comic um in the in the tv show they just come across as a, a similar archetype so i really couldn't get into it so i was like all right let me just wait till they get to this point in the storyline and, and like, all right they're more likely gonna do this in um the fin- in the finale because i kind of speculate what they're gonna do and then because the uh, actress who played sasha she going to star trek and know she had that to kill her off at some point yeah. so i was like okay how do you do this how are they gonna do it what are they gonna do with it? And yeah, what they did with this was actually quite clever and well done, in it my was, opinion. It was, yeah. It yeah. Caught me completely off guard. Too. I, I would say that much. Yeah. And kind of sad. It was kind of sad, but at the same time, it was really brave, but like really, no, a kind of noble act, now, like a like a final act yeah. that she did. But you know, you know, the the the, the nitpickers go really wonder. Well, you know, did she really know that you know, um, <laughs> that Diego would have opened the coffin at that specific time, and if um. If his if if the rest of his soldiers would have been there, and if um, Rick would have been there, and if he would have acted based off of you know what she did now, all them little things it just seemed to kind of happen at just the right time now. Basically, that's what I'm trying to say. Right. Yeah. Um. um but what I like though, it kind of sets up, of course, your um, your big season eight, um, yeah. which I've been hearing the first four episodes are are promised to be like some of the most intense in the series thus far right. at least from what i know um what i yeah, like though with is just that basically this this season finale kind of it kind of brought the point of what was going on with season seven where yeah yeah basically took your favorite characters and you just put them through a bunch of like mental torment through you know negan and his army and it's almost like you know they were this close to giving up um right but you know just with this one episode it's just like everybody united they really rose up as he as he um as the tagline suggested and he just took a stand this this one stand against negan and his army and it was just like really great to see now um i would right. i wish i would i would wish i could have seen more of the battle you know it's kind of like just wait till the last 10 minutes to just throw everything out but still just building that kind of emotional um intensity and then of course with the end with that montage i thought was pretty nice as well it really yeah. kind of wrapped up the season on this kind of heartfelt note i really i really dug that it's right, not perfect but I, thoroughly, I still like it right and the last time i thoroughly enjoyed the show was probably terminus um and that's a while back oh yeah that that season yeah. premiere though oh my god yeah that was <laughs> so bad for me and i was expecting when, that with it, this season he, finale but you know it was all he, emotional right Right, and then the ad- the introduction of Negan was pretty badass as well. Um, oh but they, I find they could have yeah. paced out a little better. This season, yeah, for, this season finale was not half bad. It was yeah. paced strangely though, because like the way they had building tension with him going to kill Carl, and then the tiger coming, I was like, yeah, but they could have timed this a little better, man. I know. Um, overall, I, I agree. right. Overall, I still think this was a solid, um, solid finale. Uh, not not tr- truly brilliant. But still, it hold me together. Mostly because everything just felt kind of contrived. Like, well, yeah, they could have easily shoot them there and they could have shoot this person here. And so they kind of just shot didn't. Negan, Negan was running. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> Hit him. And like, yeah, exactly. So I find the way how the whole situation gets blocked together, didn't really block together so well in terms of where people should be. Um, yeah. Again, it's, it's comics versus comics versus TV shows. He's had to think that shit out. Yeah, it's, um, it's almost like they forced, like they had to force a reason to have a new season. They couldn't just stop right. where, yes, Negan actually get you know shot or um, captured or whatever. Yes, how to kind of stretch it out no, just no, a little bit more to get people. I get, I get, I get how you know it's, it's when to translate stuff from comic to TV show. Now that's the problem. Right. And right. so I didn't really fault them for that, but yeah, it's had to block that and make it work. In, so when the camera start moving around, it had to make more sense in a three D space. Um, they they've always done this really well with the show for the most part. Uh, but I thought they kind of fucked it up. This wrongs. Yeah. With this last finale is like yeah, character should should be there and this character should be whatever. Normal yeah. editing Netflix. Yeah. So yeah. I don't fight it on. Well, just in, in closing, um, what I would say though is that um, it really, like, okay, I was just like looking at some reviews of it and some people were really underwhelmed by, you know, the not just the, the finale, but the whole season, you know, and I think it's because they, they emphasize more on Negan and his army as opposed to zombies, but I thought that's what, that's the biggest strength of the show, is really to show yeah, just exactly. that, you know, human humanity could be a scary, could be very scary, not just the undead but the living could be you know scary and terrifying but, I like yeah, what exactly. they did that. that was, was all you tell with you but that's yeah, the problem because they did the, because they did the governor so similarly to Negan in my opinion in the, in the comic because the governor is vastly different in the comic if I remember correctly okay, so okay. it was just kind of strange to see it It felt like as I said it felt like the repeat archetype now. right um, okay. well yeah. uh, well other finales um, yes, Legends of Tomorrow, Legends of Tomorrow. I, how can I forget yeah, oh my god that? Um, basically this was the Doomwall finale and they had to like fix the mess of Doomwall because they fucked it up here's the thing I it was the, this, this two part episode was really fun but it was really sloppy really really sloppy a lot of it didn't make sense the, the spear and how it worked didn't make much sense and then the time traveling even though the time traveling the show always had little problems on plot holes it still didn't make sense they, they, they <laughs> had me at, at the device that they used to get the, the legends memories back they had me at that moment. I was like, really? That's right. like the so most convenient the, thing you could come up with. <laughs> in the Doom World front scenario, it didn't really make sense. Like, why would Yellow Flash, you know, why would Reverse Flash decide to do this, that, and the other? So he just decided to live it up. And it's a kind of comic book villain now. So in, you know, Yellow Flash vastly different to how to how Reverse Flash is in, in Season 1 of The Flash. In, in the Season 1 Flash, he's like a total psychopath and he just want to go back to his time. Yeah, so yeah. I don't really get why he didn't go back to his time in the first place in uh in when he get the, the spear now. You know, like, yeah, you kill Barry, but you decided to live it up with them. Right, and yeah. He could have done so much more with the powers now. However, um, then they decide to bring it, they go back in time to fix the mistake. And that didn't really play out so well or make a lot of sense. To well, well, here's edited. the thing. Huh? Um, I, I was expecting them to do like a, like a Back to the Future part two scenario. Where you go back in time, right. where the character go back in time, and you're seeing the dual versions of a character. No? But like there was certain right, like, they when they had the yeah. big confrontation, I was like, well, which one is which? Because like they kill off um oh gosh uh, not uh half a firestorm. I keep forgetting his name, Jax. Yeah, I thought that it was yeah, Jax from from the from the um from the future. No? but then I realized it was from right. the past. I wasn't too sure because they didn't really clarify that. You know, they they kind of hinted like they had it. They, they kind of stopped through dialogue but I think dialogue wasn't enough that you needed like 
maybe like more costume and not too much but just some way for us to know what was going on when you had a big confrontation you know between the legends and the legion of doom it, it came off a little confusing um and they did that also to right. it um oh gosh uh steel yeah i was a little confused right. about how they kind of did that thing with with him it's kind of interesting to see them kind of see the, the the doppelgangers that was interesting but this right. felt that they could have done it a little bit better the you know? problem is that the problem is that they made a, it had too many plot induced stupidity moments. So like, yeah, okay, you wanted to see Amaya, but you had to figure out how to get yourself out of there anyway. It's like, yeah, you're gonna see Amaya later. Like, stick on the mission now. Like, I get it's supposed to be emotional because Amaya died in the last episode. Yeah, right? but oh gosh, take it down, uh, take it easy, the focus yeah, on the mission. Because it had way too much characters being idiots for the story to go forward. Um, I still didn't hate this episode. There's a lot of fun. Yellow Flash was great this season. Um, oh, yes, yes, <laughs> you know, yes. Yeah, yes, but yes. was great this season. Finale <laughs> didn't make much sense, like, again, to go back to the point of him, well, he decided to bring back a bunch of copies, and then his super speed, he should have, like, solved all these problems being a speedster. And he could have done a better job of the fighting, and why does he, how it is he couldn't have, like, stop them or stop a, stop Sarah from using the spear. Stuff like this, I don't fight them because of the show. Yeah, um, like, the show like is he's a, supposed is a show. to be, like, but, five steps ahead of everybody, right? And he, he gave the impression that he was, because he was doing some kind of like, oh, wait, he didn't think that I wouldn't expect that, right? And blah, blah, blah. But there was still some other stuff where it's like, yeah, you, you could have you figured out so fast. Right. right. Yeah. So that's why I don't really fight it on this much, but it was still kind of dumb in my opinion. Yeah, but, um, but overall, the, 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 the season two, I'd say, was a huge step up from season one. Huge step up, yes. It was like, the, yeah, this series was always like the, the wild card of, of all the DC, you know, TV shows. Is way, is also unpredictable. Anything could happen, and they just did that. They just went balls deep into it and just figured, you know what? We just throw logic at times out the window and just have fun with this right, crazy exactly. scenario. Because that, that's why that's why it worked. Because they decided to say, okay, don't fight down the the, the, the hard logic, and I say just make it about the characters and make it fun. And yeah, that's the time thing makes no sense. The time, what, what's a time storm? Like, <laughs> you know, what I mean? yeah, like no those things. It don't matter. You know, don't matter. Yeah. Right. And uh, well, and then they, they well they decide go the big the big seller this season for me was not just that um reverse flash was there, but they decided to bring in the black flash for the first time. That's uh, yes, goddamn yes, awesome. Yes, yes. And uh, what they what they did with the black flash at the end, and at, again everything felt a bit rushed because you can tell it's a budget issue. Because I thought what was gonna happen is the black flash was gonna come, and since the black flash so much faster than Eobard, because the black flash is like a flashes flasher, and I thought he was gonna like come in and take out all the Yobard clones now at once now. Yeah. And we'd have a crazy speed stuff fight at the end there. But I didn't really do that. He just tried to run and then Black Flash grab him one time because yeah, yeah and, and you know, he get Black vaporized Flash. and then he just ran where? I don't know. He just ran away to do what? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, yeah, the Black Flash is it did its job. It's like that is what it's supposed to be. It was just coming for Yobard because Yobard was fucking around and not supposed to exist in the first place anyway. So right, like right, yeah, right. did his job left. That made sense in me. Yeah. And then the finale, the last little shot where they where they fucked up time entirely. That was pretty goddamn funny. <laughs> I think we broke um, time. As I say, the comparison of the show, is, I don't really think of it as a comics book show. I kind of look more compared to Doctor Who, essentially. Of course, it's basically yeah, yeah. the American Doctor. Yeah. It's just a general sci-fi show. It just happened to be in the DC universe. But I don't really think of it as a DC show anymore at this point. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't really matter. Um, uh, anyway, all the, all the big additions... All the big additions was there, and well, it was just a fun overall season. I really, really hope um, we get a solid third season. I hope it doesn't get struck down by the oncoming writer strike that possibly coming, and oh, most likely boy. we're gonna get by the end of the year. But whatever. Yeah. Um, All right. Um, well, we also had some for, some season premieres. Yes, yes. Premieres. Yes. Uh, Rick and Morty and Archer. Yeah, boy. 
finally right. we got so to see Rick and, um, Rick and Morty return. We made the well, you know, as I say, we made the slight error of putting the episode of uh, recording the episode on Saturday, and we end up missing and not talking about Rick and Morty yeah, last week. Yeah, yeah. So we don't know. But let's talk about. And that was like a, one of the best, in my opinion, one of the best April Fool's jokes ever, which nobody expected, because people what had not happening, and this was really funny. Um, Rick and Morty premiered, and then every, all these idiots on Facebook was like, "No, it's a fake," and they just kind of fell for the, for the, you know, fell for the trapness. So all these morons was like. Oh no, it's a fake. Don't watch it. But they had people who was intentionally like misleading people and saying, "No, no, no, don't go watch it because it's a fake." Not to realize they end up showing the whole thing for the entire night. I was yes. pretty goddamn awesome with it. Yeah. And yeah. this is premiere was pretty goddamn funny and amazing. Oh yes, um, it me. was. It was. It was. Yeah. I but like. I like how it yeah, kind of summed up um, what happened, you know, between the the end of of season two and now. Like just just, just that right. opening sequence alone just kind of summed it up like. Yeah, and this is how I got out of this. Haha, <laughs> you know? That was, that was really clever. Right. And yeah, they did a good job with that. They had the whole funny bit with um, him switching bodies and saying he's going to take a shit. <laughs> yes, it's a lot <laughs> Every time. Oh, I'll be back. Then they had, uh, take a shit. Guy, yeah, then they had um, this guy, uh, Castle, the actor from thing, uh, shit, that's always famous geek, geek, geek person, I always forget his name. Right. Uh, Gosh, uh, Nathan Fillion. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He was in Nathan this too. I saw his arm. His yeah, right. But what they did is they went back to Morty's old world. World that they fuck up in season one, I think. Yeah, with the Cronenbergs. <laughs> yeah, Cronenberg yeah. world. They went back to the Cronenberg world and you get to see how shitty it, it was really, really fucked up. Yeah, that was boy. real awesome. Yeah, boy. <laughs> uh, they made a bunch of great bits in it. They, well, they destroyed the, the Council of Ricks like in one go, which is hilarious. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then they bring back Bird Person. What the fuck? Yes, like what? <laughs> I forgot his new name. It's like something else. Um, God, I forget his new name, but I was like, oh, weird. Did come back? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, but I don't yeah, know what, what, what we're gonna get with this new season. Yeah, I don't know what we're gonna get with this new um season here, but I expecting some of that whole nihilistic right. fun that we love from the right. the first two seasons. Um, yeah, Archer boy. Season eight, or right. we should call it Archer yes. Dreamland. Now, now you're right. with me. Like, like, I'm, I'm all for yeah. I'm I'm all for um for you know I forgot the guy who created the show. Um, Adam Reed. I'm all for him and his team trying new ideas out. So, like for example, we had the sort of um detective spin on it in season seven. We had the kind of Archer Vice sort of Miami Vice Scarface parody that they had in season six. But this one here with Archer Dreamland, we having this. Norse scenario which is like full noir is like in the 40s now not in the 2000s yeah. sorry the, the 2010s anymore and I would say this like I love the visuals I love the aesthetic of it but it's something that I have to get used to I, I'm not sure how long the season will be I, I, I'm not sure if it's, if it's gonna right. be 10 but from what I've seen so far it's shaping up to be it's shaping up to be decent I just hope that they maintain the, the characters the story and of course your humor but I feel if they just drop any one of those balls then this might end up being like a really weak season i hope not right yeah i i uh worried about it as well um but the thing is it's interesting because it'll be an interesting character for archer because it's his dream state but the person he's playing in this in this dream state is a vastly different person it's a war vet the person more serious for example so he having war flashbacks in his dream world so it's like it it'll yeah, be interesting that, that to see interesting. what it with it yeah. Right. Um, I have a sneaky suspicion. Yeah, and I have a sneaky suspicion that 
by the time the season ends and um Archer himself wakes up it might be in some different time I don't think it'll be in real time now based off of the show right that's how I feel they'll set up something else like a new season now right. where they'll be in a different like in the future or something alright a lot of well a lot of people are annoyed where they, where they basically verify that there are aliens in the actual universe um that was the one where they had to go to Area 51 oh yeah a I lot of people about that yes feel that Right. A lot of people didn't feel that and they kinda hated it and thought it was like, yeah, this is a kinda mess and yeah, people it lose a lot of people. Right. Um but yeah, overall, um solid season premieres for me. So it's just to talk about just so well I, I it's not really worth talking about it. I just wanted to mention Louis C. K came back. His he brought back a new um stand up special. Pretty right. goddamn funny. Um uh, what what station not, had it, may I ask? No, it's it's Netflix. It's Netflix. Oh Netflix, okay. Um, why, why am I not surprised? Yeah. Yeah, Louis C.K. 2017, that's the name of it. Um, it's quite good. It's not brilliant, but it's Louis C.K. You know, it's the same general stuff he does. <clears> and <throat> it's new bits. All the bits are quite good. Right. Um, it was not a groundbreaking event because it's not like Dave Chappelle and his stuff. But it was pretty good. Pretty solid. Um, uh, not, uh, you know, I don't want to sell out any jokes. Just jump in and you should enjoy it. And once you enjoyed Louis C.K.'s material, you will enjoy this. Right, um, right, so I'll right. give it like an 8 Solid business for me. Okay, so um, is is it like as good or, or better than um the Dave Chappelle special that um took that occurred uh, a couple is, weeks ago? It is better edited, so I'll say overall <laughs> it is better than Dave Chappelle special on on par with the first special, I should say. All right, um, all right cool. if anything. Yeah. Um. Oh, I should we should have mentioned something with Rick and Morty. I forget. I completely forget about that. Uh, uh mention it. Mention it away. Mention yeah. So if you go on our website, uh, uh, sorry, on our website on a YouTube station called Jack Cut, right? That's J A C K. C-U-T-T it have a bunch of really funny jokes referencing the time that the occupation of the, the entire um, Galactic Federation has on Earth so it's something called Blood Feed which is basically a play on BuzzFeed and right. it's just these parody of BuzzFeed making fun of like what aliens should do with humans and it's the most horrific shit but real damn funny all of it <laughs> is just mis, mis- like misinterpretations of what human activity is about right 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 and what we would like and what we do like yeah i just totally recommend it because it totally fills up the time the thing is i'm not too sure if this supposed to be canon or not like if it's created by um the creators of rick and morty but it seems legit enough and the humor is on point but yeah i just recommend that for anybody because it's really really funny um in between stuff to explain like how life on earth was during the period while while rick was in prison right okay Alright, well on the on the subject of, of um of Netflix, I might as well talk about um well pretty much what I'm gonna do um okay well what I'm gonna talk about basically is the second half of um Netflix's series The Get Down. Um I covered right. the first half of it was pretty like six episodes basically. I thoroughly enjoyed it. There were some flaws here or there, but I thought thought there was a excellent series. Um and we got the last five episodes here, which was um, which came out Friday at the time of this recording. <clears throat> and it's not six episodes we got, but we got five. So in total, we got eleven. So what I would just do, I would oh. just basically just kind of review the whole series and basically just say what works and what didn't work. Because as much as there were some things that I liked, there were some things that just didn't work for me. So <clears throat> the get down is this a. Uh, it's not so much a musical, but it has musical elements from it. And that's not surprising, seeing that the creator of it is Baz Luhrmann. 
who you already remember as mm-hmm. director of William Shakespeare Romeo plus Juliet. Um, there was yeah. Moulin Rouge, which I enjoyed up to the very end. I I don't know. I just I just personally don't like when musicals have sad endings. You know, just sad for the sake of being sad. Like Alfred, like West Side Story is like the only musical I would let that I would I would forgive for that. But uh, why did I hit more that sad ending for Moulin Rouge? I don't know. Um, what else he had? There was Australia, which I didn't watch because uh, I heard that, that was a flop. Yeah, yeah, and then he did a uh, well, Gatsby. Yes, yes, yes. Which could which have worked, kind of- but I felt it was just too pretentious. It was just so flashy and so. Like there was just a lot of it's flash, a, a lot of style, and just no substance at all. No, well, Great Gatsby, Great Gatsby always had that problem historically. Like every Great Gatsby movie, kind of sucks. Like they can't, they just can't get it right for some reason. I remember the seven. I remember there was a seventies movie, like seventy six. I don't think that was that was yeah. well received either. But yeah, yeah, that was that. That kind of sucked too. Every version of it just don't work for some reason. And it's it, it, the prose, the style of prose just don't translate very well to film. Right, and they had me at Gen Jeezy as executive producer so now I mean we yeah, had to hear his just, music through it we I don't know it just didn't work for me but if it shows one point I would say that much right so Get Down basically it's um, it's set in the Bronx New York during 1977 and it's around that time where that um, that specific borough was dealing with a lot of poverty a lot of violence you know drugs gangs and whatnot. Um, Ed Koch was was about to become mayor at that time and they were you know it's just basically trying to um to lessen down on crime and juvenile delinquency and one thing that they were really trying to pin down of course was graffiti because you know around that time there were a lot of um youths that you know were involved in graffiti you know going into um breaking into train stations and you know spray painting trains so when the trains would you know um start moving you know, in the morning, like at you know, at dusk or whatever. Sorry, at dawn, um, you would see these um these really colorful like you know words and images. But um, this story basically, well, this series is based on the character of um Ezekiel Figaro, or Zeke for short, and he is this half black, half Puerto Rican guy. Um, his mom and died. His, his mom and father, you know, his mom and dad. Sorry, died. Um, you know, um, violently, unfortunately. So now he has to stay with his um, aunt and you know her boyfriend, and you know he doesn't like the he doesn't like how things are there. You know they 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 you know they look down on him. They he, he has this this um this passion for poetry, and of course a lot of people, especially at the school, don't really care about that that much. But you know, um he has a, a group of friends with him. Uh, basically it's um, three brothers: Rara, Boo Boo, and Dizzy. One of which is played yes. by Jaden Smith. Yes, actor extraordinaire Jaden yeah. Smith. <laughs> we would remember from the admittedly good um, Karate Kid and the terrible <laughs> After It. I'm sorry. After It was just so bad. But yeah. So he, you know, that's his crew basically. They hang out, they have fun. And um, Ezekiel basically is in love with this um, with this Hispanic girl called Mylene Cruz. Very attractive um, girl. Uh, she is the daughter of a preacher, played by Giancarlo Esposito. I don't know why this guy keeps playing the Hispanic characters. I saw him as Gus in Breaking Bad. He's not even Spanish. He's black and Italian, but whatever. He at least he gets that that voice done well enough. And um, yeah, her uncle 
is a uh, Francisco Cruz played by Jimmy Smiths, you know, from Star from the Star Wars prequels yeah, and yeah. Sons of Anarchy. And he is just this politician who's just trying to, to get housing in the Bronx, but he's willing to, you know, basically sleep with the enemy. In this case, Ed Koch, in order to make that happen. And, you know, there's some screwing around that takes place, you know, some deals that just, you know, does that that just fall flat because of that. But anyway, he is kind of good-natured, but he just tends to do a lot of shadiness in order to get what he wants. So... Get yeah, Down basically is involved. Um, basically involves Ezekiel and his his friends. They run into this guy called um, he calls himself Shaolin Fantastic, and he is just this um, this this guy from the streets. Basically, he was um, and he was just like wild. Now just doing a lot of craziness, and um, he used to be basically like a drug runner for um, this guy, this drug dealer, this drug kickpin by the name of Kalak. He owns his club with his mom, and you know they basically just selling you know drugs heroin and all that kind of stuff and they do it through the club as well and after well, as a subject of club after mentioning the fact that yes it is in the late 70s so of course disco music was very big at the time and in that particular club that Cadillac owns you know disco is the music that they play there but you know after Ezekiel meets Shaolin Fantastic Shaolin basically takes him to this underground party basically which is run by Grandmaster Flash Yes, the, right. the legendary Grandmaster Flash, who is one of the pivotal figures in terms of um, of hip-hop music. And from there, he learns about hip-hop. And that's basically what this, this, this show is about, the get-down. The term the get-down refers to like a particular break that's in a um that's in our that's on any musical record so in this case um disco music so they they buy these records and they always look for like that particular part where it's just instrumental there's no vocals or anything like that and then they scratch it on two turntables one after the other and that's where you get a break beat and that's where you know the mc would come and rap over and yeah that's that's basically where hip-hop started from you know this is like the early roots and we are seeing it you know visualized in this um in the series and um i'll just jump into the review here one time what i liked about um the first six episodes was just how they set up this world of you know the late 70s you really do feel like you are part of this environment um they use a lot of um archival footage from you know from um, tv stations and whatnot and i like how they transition from these um from this footage to you know the actual um the actual story taking place um the acting i thought was great the music um a lot of a lot of you know billboard hits that you hear throughout this show and not just um you know disco songs as well but you do hear like you know the little break beats that they would use in a lot of um like rap songs from like the 80s and 90s and to an extent to like the 2000s and up you you would hear those things so if you are hip-hop head you would just pick up on those things instantly and yeah on the subject of being a hip-hop head you would just be like in awe you would just be like like whether whether um whether you're new to this or whether you just don't you always want to know where hip-hop started from you would be amazed by you know just how these 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 youths from the streets basically just were able to take these records and just make something new and fresh with it not original but just something really fresh um and just really yeah. created this whole culture from that and it's not just about wasting time and smoking weed and whatnot and you know playing music and stuff it was just to escape this this hell that they are in that they don't want to be in and you know it's all about these characters trying to get away trying to escape trying to you know trying to get a better life and you see that basically with the two lead characters um Ezekiel and Mylene 
Mylene wants to be the singer, um, and she ends up being this um, disco star, um, this disco performer. Basically, you know, she has two top ten hits basically, and she brings in her um, her two best friends on board. They are back up, and you know, you really get to see how you know the world of that. How, you know how the music industry at that time worked at the time basically where it wasn't so much about what you were singing but how you were selling yourself you know being sexy and all that kind of stuff and like i said she is attractive so you know um the record execs are trying to make her a lot more sexualized and all that kind of stuff and you know you see that today right. in pop music and r&b and whatnot but you know just seeing her struggle because of course she has to deal with this father who just dismisses um, disco music altogether of course he thinks it's devil music and all that kind of stuff it's sexualized and all that kind of stuff he doesn't like the fact that you know um, homosexuals listen to it and they're the ones who basically they're the judges basically as to whether this song is a hit or not as we see in this great oh. scene where you know, they talk about the process of how a disco record is made and how they get to be played in clubs and how people respond to it is really eye opening too because I just figured that somebody just come into a studio and just do a track boom but no, there's a lot of people had to come and say, yes, this song is going to be a hit. But if it's not a hit, they just throw it away. That's just how it was at the time. Now, in the case right. of um, Ezekiel, um, he is just trying to get out from the hood, basically. He's trying to get into college, but, you know, he has one foot there where he, he wants to get out of the hood. But at the same time, he has his friends, you know, and then, of course, Shaolin Fantastic, who he's, he, he develops a strong bond with. And then he learned so much about, you know, um, the get down and about DJing and MCing and stuff because he does make this easy transition from poetry to rapping. And they formed this group called the Get Down Brothers, um, as in the, you know, uh, Boo Boo, Rara and Dizzy and Zeke and Sheldon Fantastic formed this one group. And this is, by the way, how these, um, how how rap started basically it was always about these MCs and a DJ they always formed a group and it would always be like these wars quote unquote where you know one group would rival another group and they did that in the final well I should say episode 6 in this great moment where they were challenging this other crew and it was great um and yeah I, I enjoyed that half of it but of course as you would expect in the second half you know when when, when one reaches some successful level they always have to have that moment where it all falls apart and that's basically what the yeah. second half of the season was about so we cut to one year later where um where mylene is still on top of the sh um, charts basically there's a scene where she was in a uh well their version basically of soul train i don't know why they couldn't use the original title but they, they came up with something else entirely and yeah she's big and all that but you know right now the studio well, sorry, the, the, um, the record label is trying to, you know, do a, a album with her. And it's just like, well, we can't be doing these particular tracks. So in this case, with the two number one hits she had, there was just basically like these gospel-infused songs. And it kind of worked as well, too, because she kind of got um, more people to go to her father's church. And ironically enough, the father is just like, well, I don't want to say he's exploiting his, his daughter, but it kind of comes off like that, too, because he's making a lot of money. He's getting a lot of people in the church. He happens to expand the church. And he's becoming a celebrity of his own, but at the same time, he's always extra careful that um, that his daughter isn't involved in, you know, in no sex and no drugs like that. And um, right. Ezekiel, on the other hand, he ends up getting this job through um, uh, Mylene's uncle to work for Ed Koch, or at least a guy who's working for, uh, with Ed Koch. 
So he right. kind of gets to see how, you know, the politicians look at these youths, at these people who are living in the ghetto. And it kind of comes off as kind of racist, you know. It's it's almost like they just don't really care about them. It's just all about just buying over land and all that kind of stuff. Just, you know, building these buildings and chasing the, the, um, the you know, the people who live there away, you know, to bring in more rich people. Um, the Get Down Brothers themselves, they are becoming more and more known in the Bronx. You know, they, are, they, are, they have, like, these parties. A lot of people come there and have fun. And... The thing is with uh with with Shaolin Fantastic on the other hand, he wants more. You know, he wants to expand as well, and he's still you know selling drugs for you know Cadillac and these guys, and you know Cadillac and his mom and whatnot. So, unfortunately, he hasn't really gotten himself out of that drug game, and you know Ezekiel takes notice of that, and we get this uh, we get some subplots here with the uh, with Rara and Boo Boo and Dizzy, but particularly with Dizzy um, played by Jane Smith, as I said before where it was hinted at um, episode 6 where he goes to I believe it's Soho or one of those clubs and yeah it's it's basically a gay club and he meets this guy well he he um he was this white guy basically who was also involved in graffiti and he kind of hinted at that particular episode that they you know they fell for each other and they kind of suggested even more here that you know um, Dizzy himself you know is attracted to this guy and because of that, you know, eventually he kind of just parts ways with the Get Down Brothers. He leaves the group and, you know, he just goes off to continue doing graffiti with this guy. And, you know, it kind of brings up this this very important aspect of, you know, rap back in the days where it was always about being tough and being hard. And, you know, the second anybody hear that you are, you know, gay, you know, you're, you're being ostracized or you're, you're being looked at as being alien. It's kind of funny, too, that, you know, disease... Um, disease basically his graffiti name or whatnot his is his persona is that of an alien you know so he kind of sees himself as just being not part of this group even though he can still rhyme and you know he could still hold a party down basically and um basically with 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 this half the second half here we kind of see how music or at least just the allures of there's the allure of music and just the temptations involved in it tend to kind of destroy the lives of both Ezekiel and Mylene and everyone else around them basically so we see a lot of rivalries a lot of arguments about who's getting paid more than the other you know people getting uh, hooked up on drugs and you know just trying to live that fast life and trying to you know living life on the edge basically and then it just kind of um, comes to this kind of you know um, climatic hold basically for, for the characters involved um also with Mylene in particular, they like I said before, they want to kind of sexualize her image. So there is this one, um, basically a subplot where they have her um, basically sing this really raunchy song called Toy Box, which is for um, this, remember this is the 70s, eh? so it's this kind of musical yeah. sci-fi film basically. And it's kind of hinted at, it's not so much porn, but it does hit at a kind of X-rated kind of thing that and of course Mylene because she's so determined to make it she kind of goes along with it though you know and, and of course the father flips out and I wouldn't see what happens with him but um I just go into to what didn't work about the season for me uh, for one thing just on the subject of that song Toy Box to me it kind of took me out from the show entirely because like yes I do understand that you know it's the late 70s and you want to kind of bring in electric music as well but I felt that that particular song did not sound like a disco song at all. It felt like right. 
like I don't know, like like a contemporary pop song, though. Like like I don't know, like a Ariana Grande song or something like that. It just sounds so contemporary. It sounds like something that came out literally like in twenty sixteen or whatever like that. It sounds like that, and it took me out of it. Like I got the idea of what they were trying to do, make it kind of sci fi sounding, but it just really felt too, too you know, too modern. It did not sound like something out of the seventies at all to me. Um, also, too, there was this creative decision to add sequences of animation. I talk about like Adobe right. Flash animation, right? Not terrible animation, but it's just there. And like at first when I looked at it, that, I was thinking, that brings, it was, uh, sorry, that brings back flashbacks, Matthew. <laughs> Let's not go there. Let's not go there. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I like for the first time I saw it, right? In in um in episode seven. I was taken aback now because the way how they established it was like dizzy because he has this background in art because he loves to draw and does you know he does graffiti he's drawing this comic strip about the adventures of the get the get down brothers right and right. how they how they emphasize it in the animated sequence is that he's drawing these page like these um like a page of like a comic page basically right and he's folding it into like this um this uh Oh gosh, the screen and whatnot. He's throwing it out in the air, and well, what happened is that um, disease friend, the white, the, bo- the white boy, was telling about. He got arrested, or at least that's what they hint at that he got arrested by the police for you know for um, bombing, as in you know that's that's the term used for graffiti by the way for bombing this particular train, and he was chased down, and there was some police dogs, and he got caught, and he was arrested, right? So how the the animated sequence works is that. He do Dizzy would do this narration. He would talk about what's going on with the crew, and he would send this message now, like the page, and somehow it makes it way it makes his way sorry into the jail cell where this kid is, <laughs> and he's reading it, and he has like all the the um all the all the all the comics that that Dizzy drew like, like oh, like logically it doesn't make sense, but because it's animation, they could kind of get away with it. But um, the next couple of episodes. They kind of amped up the animation. It kind of was a little over the top. It was a little cartoon, a cartoony, even though they were cussing throughout it. But still, um, but I kind of looked at it as this was a moment where these characters were successful. So think of it like, say, when Bill Cosby got popular with uh, with stand-up comedy, he had his Fat Albert right. TV show, right? His cartoon. When the Harlem Globe Globe Trotters yeah. were big, they had their own cartoon. When Mr. T was big. Yeah. He had his own cartoon. Yeah, so I looked yeah, at everybody from, had a cartoon. Yeah, so I looked at it from that perspective. Like, this was the Get Down Brothers thinking that they reached her. So because of that, they had to kind of make everything kind of animated. Like, they have their own Saturday morning cartoon, basically. But really, what they are is just transitions from one sequence to the next. And it's, like, so over the top now. Like, you know, things happen. They use a lot of metaphors here and there and stuff. But it's kind of like... But afterwards, like, when you look at it, it's just kind of... It's really unnecessary when you think about it. Like, I, I... Okay, at least they try in terms of doing something different, but it's really jarring when you think about it because they didn't set that up from the, ep- from the first episode, you know? So now, all of a right. sudden, in the second half, you have all these animated scenes and it tends to kind of break up the, the, the tone of the series. And that was always, like, the biggest flaw with the series is that the tones tended to shift a lot. So one minute, it was like this... 
coming of age urban story and then it would turn into like this story about music about life in the 70s and then it would turn to like this gangster film and then it was turned this romantic um this romanticized drama and it's just all these different genres kind of integrated here now. and i have no problem with them bringing in a lot of different uh, a lot of genres i mean it's musical so it's all right if you have different genres here and there as long as they fit within the story but the shift the shift in between these specific genres tended to be kind of uneven at times especially in the first few episodes and i felt like here with the animated sequences it just tended to break things up a little too much it's kind of like you're having a serious moment and then you would just cut the animation and then you had to go back to serious it just doesn't work for me um but apart from all that though the way how the story kind of plays out at the very end i it really was dramatic very kind of melodramatic actually it was really like the not so much tragic but it's just like literally like the downfall is like the rise and fall you know and you've seen this before hundreds of times in many musicals in many shows about music in many shows about the the 70s like look at boogie nights for example perfect perfect example you had your rise in the yeah. 70s and then you had the falls fall in the 80s basically so it kind of plays out like that um you really do get to see the dark side of you know not just you know the disco lifestyle but also the, the hip-hop lifestyle as well too you know it's just that it's not just about these people coming in into clubs and performing but you have these other people in the crowd selling angel dust and heroin and weed and all that kind of stuff and there's this moment where ezekiel is kind of questioning shaolin fantastic he's like well dude is it about the music or is it about bringing in people here to sell drugs like i can't be on that i don't like drug dealers because you know it was true that whole drug dealing thing that his parents got killed and he doesn't want to be part of it but of course Shaolin is like you know what I just want to make money I want to get by I don't have the opportunity to go to Yale which is the college that um that um Ezekiel does get through in you know he doesn't have that opportunity and you know it's that kind of back and forth thing um I do have to give praise for the show for the characterization that they give these characters it's not just oh well he's just a dj and he's just a rapper and she's just a singer there's a lot of depth into these characters it's all based off their lifestyle and their family and their friends and who they associate with i like how they do that um the acting is still uh, great throughout um the music is, is still great it's just like i say that toy box moment really took me out it does kind of end on this bittersweet note where it's kind of like yeah they win but at the same time they kind of lose you know that kind of thing right. and they do hint at a, a possible season two where you know it's the okay. end of the 70s basically so yes they're gonna go into the 80s well at least i hope so so i can't wait to see how these characters grow and develop here and just a right uh, just yeah. a last uh, thing yeah yeah no it's fascinating to see time pass now yeah yeah i would love to see how mad men and fulton catch fire did that of course yeah yeah so i would love to see how these characters change and develop over time and in closing though um this there's a slight little spoiler it's just a, a a text that 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 shows before the end credits of the finals uh, episode where they mention about rapper's delight which was the literally which was the first true rap hit basically that was played on radio and stuff but what they said at the very end is that that song was performed with a band and there was this actual right. subplot where um where uh where Cadillac's mother wanted to cut a record, wanted Sheldon Fantastic and his Get Down Brothers to cut an actual record because she sees the potential in this kind of music. She wants to make money. 
understandable, right? Right. But the thing is that she wanted to bring a ban. Reason being is because remember, they are taking records and you know making you know break beats out of that. So to avoid copyright issues, it would be best that you bring an actual band to perform. And you know, Shaolin is like, no, that kind of goes against the culture. That goes against what the get down is about. And there's this moment where he he has to align with um, Grandmaster Flash, Grandmaster Kaz, and yes, African Band Batter. <laughs> okay. So he has wow. to align with all the the, the 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 Bronx, you know, um, DJs to unite against um, Kalak and and his mom against that whole thing. But the ironic thing is at the very end, as you see, you know, Rappers Delight is is the breakthrough rap song that made it, but it was performed with a band. And like the thing is like when yeah. I when I saw that text like. The the I always assumed that it was just a sample. Well, the sample that he uses um good times that doom 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 yeah. right that's that's from a from from a previous disco song good times. But I never knew that the actual music that's played is um was performed by a band. I didn't know that, and it kind of makes sense when you think about it. And then also too um I think it's either Kaz like Grandmaster Kaz wrote some of the lyrics for it and. It's like a controversial issue, but one of the rappers from the group actually stole the man lyrics. So it's not is like right. he did not write the lyrics on his own. Somebody else did, and and basically the group got big from not just throwing away the whole get down aspect, but you know biting somebody else's lyrics. You know, so that's that's really kind of ironic when you think about it. So like I say, it really does have this kind of bittersweet end where it's like yeah. Somebody made it. Somebody actually made it out of the hood. Somebody got big, but it's what they had to sacrifice in order to get there. All the heartache and pain that you know would you know people wouldn't really care about at the end of the day because they're just hearing the song and they just think it's like the most awesome thing ever. And you know when you kind of think about it from a historical context, and this is how the well you know just like other shows based off of history, you know we know the history basically. We know how where rap is now but you know you, do, you, you don't really take the time to think about just the sacrifices that were made in order for rap to reach where it is right now you know we don't think about that and you kind of see these the, this this story here kind of played out and kind of hoping that yes it would work out but it doesn't exactly work out the way they and you know the audience expects and like I said that's that's the bittersweet aspect of it but I thought it worked well in you know in terms of the context of the, the overall series so in closing, I, I would say that this is actually a pretty solid um, series. It's not perfect. There there are some flaws, especially with the tone and especially like how it kind of shifts back and forth. And I wasn't really feeling the animated sequences at all. Um, and, you know, um, some of the, the... Yes, and oh yes, one other complaint too is that there's a lot of soap opera in it. Like I said, it had this kind of melodramatic vibe of it. So, you know, if you're willing to just let that slide and just kind of look past that and just really see the merit that went into this. Because, I mean, it's not it's not just really glorifying, you know, the oldies, but really paying tribute to, you know, the, the, the people who really established this whole hip-hop art form, you know. And just enjoy it for what it is. I, I do think that you will enjoy it. Whether you're a fan of hip-hop or not, whether you're a fan of musicals or not, there is something in this series that you will enjoy in some way shape or form so i would right. give this a decent a strong three and a half out of five stars it's not the most it's not the, the perfect 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 thing that i kind of wanted it to be i felt that the the second half was kind of weak compared to like the first half but still it wrapped up 
in uh, uh you know I, I i accepted the way how it wrapped up and you know overall right. i i still see it's one that you should check out um binge it if you could except that you know it's 11 episodes and each one is about an hour long they are they are like about three i think it's about three episodes that clock in about an hour and 15 minutes or more so if you could binge it it'd be great at least to see how the full story plays out but you know i still say give it a watch you will enjoy it and you'll have fun with it somehow so yeah right three and a half out of five give this one a look all right okay so now we can move on to animated movies now with teen titans the judas um, contract which is the latest um warner dc director video animated superhero film it's following right after i believe it's justice league versus teen titans and you know son of batman and all these other well the last few um and yes batman Batman, which we reviewed last year (laughs) yeah yeah so it follows right it's it's like the latest entry in that specific um is that that specific series basically um well i would say it's based off of a although i have never read the source material it's based off of a very famous um teen titan story actually very yeah. popular Teen Titans story. Yeah, Probably I, I, most I popular Teen Titans. Yeah, I didn't even know how popular it was until I saw the behind the scenes of this. I was like, oh, really? Okay, I didn't know this actually exists. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you want to fill us in on what the story is about? Okay, so <laughs> here's the problem. That is a big problem with this movie that it, it makes everything kind of aimless. Because the original Teen Titans was really about the, basically, uh, the character, they introduced the character, Tara Markov. Uh, uh, yeah, Tara Markov, also known as Terra. Yeah, yeah. Who, who we saw, by the way, at the very crazy. end of. Oh, sorry to cut you there, but who we saw at the very end of um, Justice League vs. Teen Titans. There was like this po- this end credit scene where you saw her. Yeah. Right. Here's the problem. The movie was kind of aimless because they start the movie with introducing. Um, Starfire. Starfire to the Teen Titans. Yes. So I was like, what? what? Why do that? I know, because we saw her before in Justice League vs. Teen Titans. Exactly. And the thing is, that that, that whole introduction sequence doesn't go anywhere. So, it's like, wait, why they decide to introduce... Shouldn't the the opening sequence be how Terra meets the Teen Titans, right? Totally agree, yeah. That, to me, makes more sense. That makes more sense. But whatever. Um, So, basically, the story is that... Well, the story, they decide to change up a lot of things, but basically something... uh, What happens is that they have a big um, clash between... Hive and the Titans. And yes, yes. Deathstroke, Deathstroke now um, was basically marking the Titans and you're not sure how he was doing it and then you find out how he was doing it via um, Terra. Terra was part of the Titans for about a year and she apparently is working with Deathstroke the entire time to get the Titans to do a plan. To Sorry, to get the Titans in a trap against to, to basically get money from... Because, you know, Deathstroke is a mercenary. Yeah. To get them captured for um, Hive. And yeah. Hive has to do something well, with Right. Well, basically, the main, 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 main big bad guy is um, Brother Blood or Sebastian Blood. This cult yeah, leader, Brother, basically, Brother and he just wants... He, he somehow acquires morta- more, uh, basically immortality from drawing from other people. Well, that's, that's kind of Brother Blood. Yeah. That's kind of Brother Blood stick anyway. So it wasn't right. like, well, he acquired immortality. Yeah, he always had a kind of had it. You know, oh, okay, okay. Pretty okay. much he found out. Yeah, so you just kind of want to get from the other Titans because, of course, the Titans have powers, you know, um, Beast Boy and Blue Beetle and Starfire. And I'm not sure why right. from Robin well, and Nightwing, but, you know, whatever. 
Yeah, right. Um, the thing is, so I didn't completely hate this. Um, no, no, I thought it was no, no, no. actually quite good. Action wasn't so bad. It's just it was just aimless. A lot of it didn't make sense. Like again, why not focus on Terra's storyline? The problem with the Judas Contract movie is that it didn't have enough Judas Contract part of it, right? So if anybody would remember, yes. right? So if anybody remember the the Teen Titans animated series, that series that was yes. I don't know about a year ago, sorry, ten years back. Yeah, um, I, for a ago, second year to his guys, Teen Titans go. <laughs> no, no, not yeah, that. Let, um, the Teen Titans animated no. series. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, that's a terrible series. But uh, that series um, did a, basically did a, a, a Judas Contract arc, and that was excellent. Like, uh, how are you supposed to do that? Again, was that the series finale? Or was it something um, else? I think it was a season finale. I don't remember if it was the series finale. I can't remember if it was. Okay. I really, really can't I remember. I trying to remember. Right. I mean, I don't correct me. I really can't remember if it was a series finale of the Teen Titans show, because I, I swear it had stuff after that. Um, yeah. But that was really kick-ass arc um it did it more or less really really well i do remember reading the comic i i you know barely barely remember the comic so back then it was like you know i i don't know who which fans gonna like this or not they may or may not um but the main problem is that this just was on the aimless end of things that's the problem they didn't right. focus enough on terra and beast boy's relationship they Focus on a bunch of other things that didn't need to be focused on. Like I get, well, and then, yeah, they, like we get why Tara angry, but they didn't really link that very well. So none of that was didn't make sense to me. That was just kind of my main problem with it. Right. And then we didn't like a lot of stuff didn't didn't really I didn't really give a shit about. So like okay, cool, you're given character motivations to Jaime, but like that don't mean anything. Jaime, did, why waste so much time on Jaime and his his thing now? I, I like Jaime had to. Too. Yeah, yeah. Right, and it, so that's the only problem. It had a, the action was pretty good at the ending. Um, so the, some of the animation was kind of shoddy at times. I don't know if they were skipping frames or skipping keyframes at points, so you could tell like, wait, why the character move from here to here? It really looked like they didn't fill out the frames or, or I don't know, frame rate or whatever it is, or these cycles or whatever it is, um, to allow it to move a little smoother. And then right. sometimes the animation was great. So you could tell they had, you could tell which animation team kind of fuck up where unfortunately. Right, um, right. But it wasn't like noticeable or, or as as extreme as some examples where blood disappearing in the middle of the damn frame and shit like that oh, like wait, last wait. i didn't pick up on it but wait they do that shit again really remember we complained about that with, um, with, with bad blood no we it was a really, really bad it was really noticeable this time they just had like it was almost like keyframes missing that's why i noticed I, again i okay. probably just used the wrong jargon right but well, you can well, tell this frames yeah so they're just skipping out the part of the animation cycle to make it flow a little better. And I'll give you a couple examples. Remember when Jaime fires rocket at, at Raven? Yes. Right, so she get hit and the way how they make it look like it's just an instant, like, oh, she just fall on the ground quick, quick. Just look at Oh, back yes, 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 I, I know you talk about. Yes, you're yes, I remember crappy, that. right? Yeah. Uh, another thing. So I, I would have probably dropped Nightwing from the script. Like, his chemistry with Sapphire is good, but it was generally distracting from the team and the story could have worked perfectly well without him, in my opinion. I, I don't know. I, you know, plot-wise, I suppose he had to be there to rescue them. But they're going to do this with Cyborg. Or what I've done with it is have Cyborg be captured, bring in Cyborg instead of him, and then have him be captured, and then have um, Damien be the one to rescue them now. Whatever. Right. Uh, that's not like a big thing, but I find he, he just kind of spent a lot of time and resources in the, in the overall product now. Um, again, should I spend more time on Beast Boy and Tyra's relationship? That, to me, is what was kind of the big selling point of that. And 
didn't really do that. And redesigned Blood's final form. I just hated that shit. Um, that whole composite Superman was, look was, was just was just felt. Stupid. Yeah, it, it, yeah, I hate that shit. Like, it didn't look good. It didn't look good. He gained all the pause. But he, he just looked like a, a, a hodgepodge of all of them. It's like, what? But that, that yeah, just looks exactly. Like you, you think they would the have put design. some more effort to make him look a little bit more a little bit more menacing. Now there's four, you just couple have... all these these bits and pieces together to make like a Zord yeah, version. The, 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 the hodgepodge monster. Yeah. The hodgepodge monster look, just look dumb in my opinion. I hate that shit. Um, just have him be powered up with all the powers. That's fine. You don't yeah, need to change yeah, exactly. him. Exactly. Right? Um, going to design him, come up with a clever design. Now. Come up with something interesting. Right. You know, the, what it was just the laziest route with that shit. Um, yeah. But uh, overall, the action was pretty good. Um, the, the, it really, really took off. And the last, especially the last half hour, that's when everything got, got good and started to flow. But it's like, yeah, just missing the first half hour of a movie. They spent yeah, a bunch yeah. of time on terror. Oh, terror was supposed to be so angry and angry. But we never get to see much of that. You know, they should have showed the opening sequence with them, with the whole, you know, treating her like a witch and whatever, and she being persecuted. And, yet, you know, they should have shown all of that. And then the big twist would have been, oh, it was that stroke that saved her life or something like that. You know, we right. should have got to see that. Something like that. Why they have done with it is have the Titans find her, like, about a, about a day or two later after that stroke saved her life or something like that. And then, you know, that stroke comes back in her life to tell her, oh, you need to... You need to betray the Titans, and this is why. So you kind of give, you could have a character make some more sense now. Right. Um, but yeah, I just had a lot of fun with this. Um, overall, still, I still enjoy the action. Um, the last little action, yeah, especially that that scene where they did with Raven, that was pretty badass, I thought. Um, and I, that was pretty much it. I didn't really have much to talk about other than that. It's still solid, not the worst, but not the best either. Right. Well, well, well. What I would say is, um, I I agree with you, mostly. Um. Alright, the thing is yeah. for me, I would say that I enjoy this way more than um, Justice League versus Teen Titans. Um, oh no, I, yeah, this is yeah, much better. Way, way better. Do I Yeah, I, I felt with that one. Yeah, exactly. Titan was misleading. There were lots of these moments of 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 team bonding and all that kind of stuff that just went nowhere. Like that whole thing with them going to the yeah. carnival or whatever, I hated that. Hated it. Yeah. Um, and they kind of do that again. Like I like the camaraderie between these uh, characters. Uh, uh, and I like that they, they give certain characters, you know, more time to shine, basically. Um, the thing with, with Blue Beetle, I, like, I kind of understood why he, he made that decision to, to do what he did, you know, but I, f- I find that they spent a lot of time there. Yeah, it, it just kind of yeah. move away from the story. Like, I, I get the, the, the idea that you want to develop the characters even more, they want to, you know, be accepted and all that kind of stuff not just amongst themselves but with the wider public and all that kind of thing i get that but you know you're working with this amount of time now and yes you know there are moments that really do feel like they're dragging along a lot like especially the first act where for example like the training sequence and you know um blue beetle for example having to work in the soup kitchen and all these little things i mean they're, they're nice moments but I just felt like you know it almost kind of distracts from the from the overall story, and just because of the yeah. way how it started, basically where where it starts off with with Starfire and Nightwing before he became Nightwing, you thinking that the show is going to be about kind of centered on the two of them, and then actually it's kind of like about everybody else, but then Terra is just there, and then you see this thing with her and um, Deathstroke, and then oh my God, yes, she's actually working with them all along and all that kind of stuff, but. I felt that they could have really set that up way better, at least told that aspect a lot better, instead of kind of throwing, you know, throwing, throwing, throwing the audience a bone and just thinking, oh, it's about one thing, but it's actually something else. Like, I get it's about the 
the group but if yeah. the main focus is about terror let the main focus be about terror not about starfire and nightwing we don't care yes stay in a relationship whatever who cares um robin is still the e-hole that <laughs> i didn't like from son of batman but at least he had some right. great moments and um, well, he made some more sense in this eh? yeah um, in my yeah. opinion yeah um especially with the decisions that he makes i thought it was really kind of spot on um right beast boy was still fun who else was there raven yeah, yeah. i find they didn't do that much with raven unfortunately though until like you know literally when he shit hits the fan and get to see actually do some great stuff um, I thought it was great, but right. still, I find it gonna do a little bit more with her. I find like everybody else got their time to shine, except for see Raven and to a little extent Terra. Um, the voice acting was great. Um, we have to mention, you know, Miguel Ferrer who played Deathstroke. This was um like his last like his last um I think this was one of the last things that he did before he passed away at age sixty one. You know, so here and his voice was like you know he gave me a little chills there. Um, I love what he brought to that character of Deathstroke. He was like old but like real smart ass as well too. I really like that. Um, yeah. Like he had this moment where he say um, you're gonna tweet that or some kind of thing. He makes some kind of joke to Beast Boy about seeing oh no um, oh gosh it's when he captured Robin and then he had his phone so it's like he like he, he like um, Beast Boy had, had text him now so he was like okay how do I respond um I'm tied up or something like that. Oh wait, no, that's not how um that's not how Robin will respond to that. Oh, this is how we respond. And then he sent back another text. Like I thought that was really cool. Um well, right. one thing yeah. that I noticed though was some of the lip movement in the animation was kinda off. Like you would Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I was noticing that. Like, like It's a, something a, I never complain about that much, um, usually. But yeah. Yeah. Um I, I, I would complain cool. about it, like especially like, you know, with uh, with with anime. But I was really noticing with some of the the, the, the the movements, the lip movements, that sometimes the mouth will be closed and then you would hear like a phrase or right. sorry, part of a phrase come out, part of a word, sorry, um, come out. You know, it, it, I, I, I just kind of picked up on that. Um, animation, I thought was decent. I do like the fight choreography that, that he did. It fluffy. Yeah. It felt very anime-ish and that's not a bad thing. But... Um, there were a couple of moments that I felt the animation could have been a little bit more polished. Um, especially like in right. the third act when, you know, all the fighting and stuff. Some of the, the animation didn't really wow me that much. Um, okay. The story was was entertaining, I would say that much. It did keep it did keep me, you know, engaged and interested. I just felt that, you know, if they, you know, they kind of they, they tweaked the story a little bit more so it wasn't just about giving a lot of characters time to just do nothing like i don't care to see beast boy go to some like all of a sudden go to some podcast with kevin smith <laughs> yeah kevin yeah. smith cameo was just obnoxious like, in this why like why exactly like it could have just been after the fact like how they did in the in the um the the finale like the you know the the closing um the, Post credits, yeah yeah like that that it would have worked there like i didn't need this whole thing where okay beast boy has to go to this podcast he has to reach at this time and all that kind of thing and then the soup kitchen thing like i get like i understand what they're trying to do with you know um uh blue beetle and his family and his family accepting him and that scarf that he has yeah but yeah they could have do that a little bit better though um and yes the yeah. whole relationship thing with with starfire and um and, and nightwing like they had these really kind of like they had these kind of double entendre um 
line right. that, that they gave, I thought that was like, oh, that was kind of clever, really. No, they had, yeah, 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 I, thought, I thought they had pretty good chemistry, um, yeah. but it, I don't know, I just kind of had again, focus all our romance on Beast Boy and, and, and Starfire. Sorry, Beast Boy and um, Terra. Because yeah, yeah, one of the problems that was kind of cute though, like him being so no, what, attracted what, to her. One of the problems I had was, one of the problems I had is that they, 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 the way how they treat Terra, Terra was like, she like, she now moving like just a week now. I was like, wait, she did for a whole damn year, and she's still like treating him so distant and so and so. And I get that was supposed to be part of it, but like, no, she should like really infiltrate so you really get the sense of why when she betrayed him, why she would betray him. You really do a good job with that. Now again, it really was too good in the characterization, in my opinion. Yeah, I I agree, I agree. But um, as as far as these new DC animated films go, I would say this is one of the more better ones. Um, I was yeah, really underwhelmed by by um, oh gosh by Justice League and versus Teen Titans, you know, just off of that title. Yeah, that's alone. terrible. Um, I kind of enjoyed Bad Blood for just being this mindless shut your brain off watches on a Saturday night when you have nothing to do kind of movie. Even yeah, though I know you, 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 you didn't like it at all, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> I just kind of liked how I just like the action aspect. It was just dumb, but it was it had a lot of action to it. The others right. like Son of Batman. I forgot about those. I can't remember how they played out. If I like so them, not, yeah, they weren't that good from from what from what I remember. But this one, I would say, is one of the more better ones that they brought out here. Um, I don't know if this is gonna be like a continuation. They're gonna keep making movies within this this um this specific uh story. Uh, with the Titans. They probably will, but I I just I just so kind of annoyed that that you know um. You know, we not that that shit like um, Justice League Gods and Monsters not getting sequels. Like seriously, I know, right? yeah, that yeah. is the best. I don't, I really don't give a shit about this new Fifty Two stuff. I really don't give a shit about this new Teen Titan stuff. It's not bad, but yeah, it, a lot of it just really aimless. And they could do so much better with this material. I mean, it really really starting to suffer. I don't know. Is that I don't know. Is that like that same cancer that that infecting the DCEU seem to have spread to the animated material? Yeah. One oh, one more thing. Personally, I felt because of how that seems special, which I mentioned before about you know the Judas contract being one of the the most um, one of the darkest you know stories in the in the Teen Titans um, you know in in the Teen Titans universe. I was expecting the yeah. movie to be kind of dark now, and it's only like near the end yeah. of the the second act second act sorry where it starts to get really dark, but everything else was just yeah. about the team and. You know, the same thing from yeah. from before with Justice League versus the Titans. This whole thing about teamwork and being a team and, you know, having parties and going out and having fun, you know, really playing on the teenager aspect of Teen Titans. Like, okay, we get it. Right. right. The teens and they had to go on Twitter and blah, 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 blah. But, oh gosh, man. Get to the story there. Give us what we want, man. You know? Stop dumbing us yeah, down. Yeah, like, if it's supposed to be dark, let it be dark now. You know what I mean? Don't, don't hold back. Right. But, yeah, I'll, I'll give my rating quick. This, yeah, yeah, this yeah, one was this one, this one wasn't again not the worst thing ever, but it was still really aimless and a squandered opportunity. Um they could have really done a good job of building up Terra's character and then so when she betrays the Titans, you really get the, the feeling of it. What it is it wasn't the worst thing ever, but it still ultimately fell flat for me. Um as I say, Miguel Ferreira, you know, is one of his last roles. I really miss him. Um Ferreira, by the way. You know, not he was Ferreira. really slain. Ferreira. <laughs> yeah, Ferreira, not Ferreira. Ferreira. 
Anyway. He, uh, he was great. He's solid as I thought it was one of the better slades actually in, in, in recent memory. Yes, um, I would agree with you. Yeah. But, um, and I, I enjoyed the action at the end. But yeah, it just had a bunch of like shoddy moments overall. So I give this one a, a 7 out of 10, you know, maybe a 6.5 out of 10. I, about, I, you know, just just unpolished and, and squadron opportunities overall, but still solid business. Right. Well, for me, I would give this a very light 3.5 out of 5 stars. I still see it worth checking out, especially if you are a fan of like the previous films. I think, like I said, this is one of the more better ones. I had a... Um, I had fun with it. I enjoyed it. I, I like the you know the the camaraderie between the the team directors themselves. But I just felt because you know because the source material is supposed to be so dark. I can't really watch because I haven't seen it. But I was expecting a little bit more dark from this thing. I was expecting a little bit more of you know of the oh gosh of um, Sebastian Blood and you know yeah. just just the just the dark aspects of it instead of just focusing on just about the team and what they're going through and all that stuff. I mean, like, I get that's part of it. Like, that's the point. But I just kind of came out of it, honestly, just wanting a lot more. And I, exp- I kind of was, like, like how you said before, like, this really felt kind of squandered. Like, they really could have done much more with it. But it just kind of felt a little, little standard, just by the numbers kind of thing. But still, I had fun yeah. with it. And I think that you will, too, if you do check it out. Just don't go in expecting too much. You'll have fun. I mean, it's disposable, but it's good disposable. So, light three and a half. Yeah, that's, that's like, yeah. I mean, for such a for such an iconic um fr- uh, comic, you know, storyline, they they just kind of just drop the ball with this one. I mean, nowhere near as bad as um Killing Joke, but you know, still yeah, we better Killing Joke by far. Yeah, no, Killing Joke was a mess. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of liked it still, but yeah, that was that was a that was a uh, yeah. that was a colossal. That that could have been so, that could have been way 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 better. Just see. Yeah. Right. Right. And now, uh, for the first time, I think probably first time in a long while, Ricardo's going to review two movies which I have Jesus. not seen. <laughs> oh, God, you got to hear my dumbass for a uh, half hour now. Yeah, boy. One of them being the theatrical release of Life. Not to be confused yes, with the Martin came, Lawrence Eddie Murphy film from, I believe it was 99 it came out. Which, you know, like, I haven't seen it in ages, but I remember liking it. I thought that was uh, actually a really good movie uh, it was a good movie it was a good pairing between the two yeah yeah um but yeah i haven't seen life it's not like life was looking terrible either. it's just i had to take the you know the saturday basically to watch the full season of the get down so i didn't have enough time to watch life at all but fortunately ricardo right. saw that and he also saw a sci-fi film from um netflix called the discovery which honestly yes. I have not heard of until you mentioned it to me just yesterday actually. Yeah. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. I was uh hyped for this I, I saw I remember seeing the trailer for a while and I was like, okay, I really was hyped for it for a while. Okay. Um coming up. So I wanted to see what he was gonna do with this and um yeah. Anyway, right. well I, I completely lost like... I, I haven't I haven't heard or seen anything from the discovery, so yeah. Take it away. You have to rev- you have two movies to review. So yeah, take it wow. away, bud. Have uh, fun. <laughs> what, okay, so I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna run through the two films. I'll talk about life first because both of them are classic cases of sci-fi that squanders its premise. Uh, decent boy. premise. Decent both of them are decent premises in my opinion, but both of them kinda squandered their premise. One of them really squanders their premise. I, I know I'm gonna tell you which one it's right. 
And then the discovery doesn't fully squander this problem. It's a decent idea, and it's still, I think, quite well made in certain ways. But it they just kind of drop the ball in terms of like getting this pulled together, and they, they spend a lot of time in in scenes that kind of get cut and then re-edit a little better. Right. Um, but overall, um, so I'm going to talk about life. So life yeah, about is life. about yeah, life is about uh, these astronauts on the ISS, the International Space Station, um, decide to come. They discover life. They, I think they got like a soil sample on Mars. Okay. And decide to study it. And they figure out it out this little little mushroom-like creature. So they find life on another planet. Right. Great. Then they realize that this thing could like adapt itself really, really well. Like really, really well to, to certain things. And it starts growing real fast because once you feed it oxygen, it starts um, growing really, really fast. Right, and so it it grow it in it grow an insane rate in like a couple of days. So they start decide to study it. They decide to give it a name, which is a big mistake. <laughs> um, they, Never name anything that will kill just, you. Right, and basically what happens is that within within of course you know usual horror movie thing, um, it escapes, and now they have to like run around in the space station, trying to get this thing to move about and kill it. Because they had to lock it off, but it, they they hesitate about killing it because if it, if they kill the thing, it means they had to kill one of their friends. And so oh, this thing man. was too goddamn smart. Don't yeah, this thing was real smart. Too right now, the other thing, it's not it's you no know, against against any fans of um, the Spider-Man franchise. It's not a Venom prequel or any of that shit, right? So you know, a lot of people are saying that, or oh, it could be a Venom prequel and all of that. No, you it's not a Venom prequel. Said or anything, that right? shit? Yeah, yeah, that people are saying that. Oh, it, oh it really is the symbiote that they, they're talking about <laughs> and so on. That makes no sense. Yeah, well, but all right, yeah. Well, it, it kind of makes some sense, whatever. Um, right, so they basically have to, like, constantly fight against this thing. Now, the thing is, because it's getting the oxygen, it growing more and more and getting bigger. And it basically, could, like, when it latch onto people, is like, I, I, I'm not sure how it was working, but I get the sense that it was, like, stealing DNA, and that's how it was getting more complex over time. Um... How was it sealing yeah, DNA, may I ask? Huh? How was it sealing DNA? Well, once it, once it gave a victim now, so they tried to give it to me. Remember, they make the mistake. Okay, so sorry. In the beginning, they, they gave a rat. And when they gave it the rat, um, it, it, it basically ate the rat now. So it it could, it is find itself in organisms and then grow. So I suspect that guys how it is build up, build energy. Why, well, like all other organisms build energy, basically breeding and eating. And... So, but it, it gained more complex with, with whatever DNA it latches onto. So, when it got its first human victim, that's when it started really getting big and growing. And it was basically just really goddamn smart somehow. It used to just figure out a way to still like strategize and move around the space station using um, the vents and you know, it could detect oxygen thing. So, the end of the movie has this big twist. Um, not really a twist, but it, is, it was just kind of predictable. But basically, they, they set up this plan to. <laughs> To basically figure out to launch it thing in space, and say, look, we can't, we can't destroy the space station. They, they was trying to, because, but it, it learned how to shut down. Um, it learned how to shut down the space station and how it is work. And that's why I think it was it was doing that because it took DNA from the astronauts themselves. So that's how it knew what to do from a technical standpoint. That's why I suspect. Okay. Right, and so uh, basically the ending was they decided to launch out of the space station because the plan was to like get the space station to be destroyed. And drifted open space, but then and then they run off. The two main characters was Jake Gyllenhaal and the I forget the actress name. The two of them bust out in the ending, and 
basically it had a big twist involved with that in terms of like where the alien was and where okay. and you kind of saw it a mile away however right, i so didn't hear this that movie shocking of a big you know not that big or shocking of a reveal then or revolution not really they just they just edited to make it miss it's a nice little misleading edit um ultimately i just this was just a, a I, I look i gonna admit i drank a couple beers before going into this because i thought this was gonna be a waste of goddamn time and if i didn't drink a couple of beers before going into this yeah i would have been kind of pissed off it's like i'd have nitpicked the hell out of this because had a bunch of like dumb little plot holes in it like wait why it is that they didn't um move move the um the structure the space station to, to to for the ship to get into when the trust like shoot the alien outside of this in space because apparently the alien couldn't really exist in space for too long um or stuff like that no whatever um I didn't fight it down because all these little nitpicks of like how, how the air vents work. Like the air vents, the, it shouldn't be able to sneak back into the air vents so easily because that's not how air vents work. Whatever. Right. I not a, I not pretend to be some expert on the ISS, so I didn't fight it down. Right. Um, but uh, it was generally a lot of fun overall. Again, you had to kind of drink a couple beers to enjoy it because one of those that once your brain working in terms of hard logic, you're going to nitpick the hell out of this. I didn't hate it, but I thought I should have. Right. And... Ultimately, I give this one. Well, before you get to rated, before you get to rated, um, you didn't yeah. mention acting and you know how it worked in terms of like well, just like a cinematic experience. Was, not, was it suspenseful? Was not it really. horrific? Yeah, not really talking about because it was just really standard sci-fi fear. It was just a again the big big complaint about this movie is that um it's just a hodgepodge of a bunch of other movies. So that's why I don't really worry mentioning the acting. It just felt like it wasn't the, the characters weren't as dumb as an Alien Resurrection, oh, but God. they still got <laughs> dumb. Um, they're still really dumb in terms of like the typical sci-fi movie trope dumb that's the problem it's just a hodgepodge of sci-fi tropes and right. again it's a good premise but you have to know to execute that shit and they didn't execute it well at all it was just oh that is what you do with it okay moving on it just right. felt like I extended like Twilight Zone episode or something like that in that sense and not any good not, not one of the good Twilight Zone episodes yeah so no, I extended they, they just kind of like dumb themselves down of course you know like for, for the viewer then basically so they wouldn't be you would understand what's going on, basically. You want to make it like this this thrill right now. You want to focus on action no, it was, as opposed yeah, it was to just, actual I just, logic. I sort of just easy goddamn script. That was the problem. They didn't. They just decided to write a first. It, it just felt like a first draft script of a sci-fi bit. That's why, like, there's nothing in it really worth talking about because you've seen it before. I'm sure of it. I am sure that you've seen this before and somewhere before. Right. This idea is not. It's not a new idea. It's like, look, alien life. Stop fucking with alien life. They decide to fuck with alien life. It fuck with them. That's yeah. it. Um, not really worth mentioning and talking about in that sense. It's it's just it was a, again. It's not a true waste of time. But seriously, you don't need to go to see this in theaters. Um, it's it, you know you, you go see it. You'll you'll see this showing on HBO a year from now. And he's like, oh yeah, I went to see that once. And <laughs> yeah. it was kind of well. You had people like Jake Gyllenhaal in it. It's like yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal could I get a better role than this man? Whatever. Yeah. All right. So Rita wise, what would you uh, give life? Yes, yeah, I get this. I get this one a CC8, um, not a low CC8, just a straight CC8. You know, eh, whatever, it's fine. Um, okay. You might enjoy it. Just go with a group of friends, and again, probably have a beer too because that yeah, helps. Yeah, they're gonna be laughing at the kind of shit they're doing. Like, ha ha, ha why are you yeah, opening the door for? Yeah, I, I wasn't. I wasn't too hyped for it. I, I, again, it wasn't like like how the cure of wellness was a big disappointment in terms of well, yeah, it was. You're expecting it to be real dread. Yeah, I thought. It would have been a smarter script because Jake Gyllenhaal was on board. Like, so he fooled me into thinking this is gonna be smarter. It wasn't smarter. Oh, so because Ryan Reynolds about- was on board, it didn't turn out to be smart. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. 
right. That's, I, I really not talking about in that sense. I, yeah. Again, a sad part about it is that because it was such a hodgepodge of sci-fi tropes, it had nothing to talk about. It's like, yeah, it's from Alien and there's some gravity and there's something. All these movies did this better, you know, and that's the main problem with this. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, we could jump into the discovery, which I read up. Not the premise, of course. Um, I read like the let's see the Wikipedia right now. I see it have Miguel Rooney Mara, Robert Redford, um, Robert Redford icon, yeah. um, Riley Keough, yeah. who I believe well, who was yeah. in My Max Fury Road and American Honey, which right. I reviewed earlier this year. So, yeah. what and was the discovery about? Jason Segel. Who? Yeah, and then Jason Segel was the star. Oh yes, yes, yes. I seen his name, Jason Segel. Yeah. Seen that name in a long while. Oh shit! Wow. Okay. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. Just, okay. So I thought the premise of this is a excellent fucking premise. This is a goddamn amazing premise. All right. What is but this premise? I, ah, what is the premise? All right. So what is the discovery? So Robert Redford's character is this scientist uh-huh. who essentially, who essentially somehow proved that there's life after death. Ooh. Somehow scientifically proved it. He proved. Life is there's a life after that. So he didn't say no. He didn't say what the life is like. He didn't say he just show. He just proved that consciousness exists beyond your dead body. So if you die, you have a consciousness going beyond the dead body. But he he didn't he didn't um we don't know what it looks like if it's better or worse if it's heaven or hell or anything like that. Um, but he proved that. So what but what ended up happening is um people started committing suicide on mass, right? Okay. Yeah, the, the, basically the suicides start skyrocketed. So it the movie is a big existential melee about death and it it does the Albert Camus thing about suicide, um, where well the only philosophical choice you need to ultimately make is suicide or something like that. But because this movie gives you a working incentive of why you should commit suicide, yeah, a bunch of people started committing suicide because the movie starts with him, um, actually a really badass opening sequence, um, where he. He's he's doing the he's doing the interview, and then one of his one of the people in the crew, while doing the interview, says t- tells tells him thank you and commit suicide right on the set uh, oh, of the nice. interview. I was like, oh, <laughs> that, that's a we tell in a film, but wow, you know. And then Robert Redford's character is like really shocked and like you know all messed up now. Yeah, um, but, but and then one, one question, goes, just just to stop it for a bit. The idea with yeah. suicide in this movie is that they the the person who who does it is expecting what a better yeah. life when they die. Or something well, or that's the whole point. It's it's it, the move. Okay, so the movie reveals what happens to you after you die. It mm-hmm. does reveal that somewhat. Although I'll say they kind of dropped the ball with, with that because they could have the problem with the film. Anyway, I'll get into that a little later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I liked about this again, it does the whole premise of a concept that a skeptic has to deal with. So remember the movie with um, what was the movie I watched with Emil Hirsch? Emil Hirsch earlier this year with the dead woman. Um, shit. Um, What's the name of that movie? The one that you right, recommended to me. Yeah. Yeah, I strongly recommend it. Uh, but it was a ton of fun. Yeah. Here's the thing with that. Why that worked is because you're, you're bringing in supernatural elements where you're already dealing with a skeptical character now. And this movie does the same thing. You know, right. Jason Siegel's character um, is basically a skeptical person. Not he's not skeptical of the information about the afterlife. He's not skeptical about that. What he is skeptical about is the fact that people should be committing suicide at all. And they get into that aspect of the philosophy of suicide, which is even if you could prove um, without without hell damnation or any of the religious, you know, trappings around it, mm-hmm. if you somehow prove there is an afterlife, yeah, you'll still you'll still probably try to enjoy this life. 
and a lot of people trying to, and it gets into that, that whole depression and people don't want to live in their life. And well, the, the central premise is about regret itself and the idea of regret and how you can um, solve your problems, you can't go back in time and these kind of things. Right. And then it, then it, you learn, you learn the first big, well, big information. Um, Jason Siegel's character is the son of Robert Redford's character. Ooh, um, okay. And the, well, there's a big reveal involving their mother, something to do with the suicide thing, which is fascinating. Uh-huh. The movie though, introduces the premise of, well, Robert Redford carries his, his experiments and his, his science a little further. What he says, he says, okay, I, I could prove it, quote unquote, prove it science that there's an afterlife, but we don't know what the afterlife is. So what he does is he comes up with a way to actually show what the afterlife is like, what is happening with the afterlife, what that yeah. afterlife is, what it looks like, and I don't want to spoil what that is because that's basically the whole crux of the movie. Okay. Um, this is reasonably well shot. Although I'll say it, it felt it feels a little amateurish, like it feels like they shoot it with a black magic because it just looks like a a, a kind of cheap color correction. But that is just the, yeah, I suppose it works with the kind of the kind of hipsterish sci-fi aesthetic anyway. Okay. Um, the act the acting is quite good. Uh, I thought good dialogue, um, decent philosophy stuff because it really does that uncomfortable suicide concept quite well, mm-hmm. and it's not. Well, everybody's all malaise or anything like that. No, they really get into like what the logical conclusion of this would be, um, yeah. and that's I really enjoyed that aspect of the whole thing. Um, the Jason Segel I thought was quite good in this. Um, his his chemistry with um, this Rooney Mara, right? Yeah, Rooney Mara. Right, Rooney Mara. Yeah, she was quite good in this as well because it gets into the whole suicide stuff and and regret and the idea of regret. Okay, so the problems with this, some of the logic of the world doesn't make that much sense in terms of what decisions people would make and i couldn't really follow like why characters couldn't do this that or the other if they could prove the science of things and what exactly would be the drive to prove these things exactly so i don't really get why they would do this or the other with all the proof anyway but you'll have to watch a movie to understand what i'm talking about right. um and because that is not the end a lot of the logic of the world didn't really make sense in terms of like, well, if this is not the, if that is not the end, then what exactly is the end point of the behavior in the afterlife anyway? Because it, they show like what the big twist was, and it's a decent enough twist, I'll admit. It's a pretty smart intent and and very intelligent twist um, involving involving Jason Segel and and Rooney Mara's character, um, and they're, they're the two main characters anyway. Okay. Um, but another thing too is that some of the characterization didn't really work all that well. Um, Especially when it comes to like, well, who gonna fall in love or why they will fall in love, and they had to again. It's, it's still, still since everything is about the suicide stuff and and who gonna die and who not gonna die. Um, I thought, well, why didn't this, you didn't just have this character commit suicide since that is not the end, and, and to solve a certain problem because again, it's to it involve solving a certain problem. Yeah. Um, in general, problem actually. I was like, yeah, why didn't you just kill one of the people? Did did they, they don't wanna die? Why? I, I can't really follow that. Or, right. or follow why it is that you can just do this because they had to do this whole thing involving a corpse. I was like, no, they could have just solved this problem relatively easily. Right. Um, the show also, well, they, they, they should have shown a, another extension of the full world as well. So it kind of reminds me, in some ways, it kind of reminds me of um, uh, The Lobster, uh-huh. where The Lobster doesn't really expand on the world. Now, I love The Lobster because of its black humor, yeah. but The Lobster didn't make sense in terms of the overall world. So they should have done they should have done more something similar to that in terms of like what the world feels or looks like but they didn't really do that or have it make sense anyway they just kind of rush through the story and make it a character piece right 
you will feel halfway halfway about that. Um, I remember watching the, the rating certain scene get getting relatively mediocre or low scores, and I can understand why people would give it such low scores. But ultimately, this real worked for me. I actually really enjoyed this movie. Uh, I strongly well, recommend well, it. Is it that that people find or think that it's kind of pretentious? This whole idea of, well, uh, you know, no, kill yourself because, and well, you will achieve life for that kind of thing. I don't find it pretentious at all because it, uh, the subject matter does. It didn't come across like well, it's existential melees or anything like that. But it, but the ending really, really works. It really feels the way it's shot is real hipsterish. Everything looking flat and, and washed out and that kind of thing. No? Yeah, so I, I and I, I really know for that shit. But ultimately, I just enjoyed. Uh, ultimately, I enjoyed this movie. It totally worked in terms of the, the logic and the philosophy of things. I still had some problems with some of the logic of it. Because I was like, well, you know, this could be explained via skeptical perspective. Um, but eh, whatever, it didn't really matter. And they, 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 did, they did a good job with the material. And I was still like not really understanding why it is that this person would would do this or that or the other. If you were to read the story at its face value. Because, you know, one of these kind of movies have a big quote-unquote subtext and, you know, have a big reinterpretation. Somebody will come up with, you know, two, three years from now or something, piece. But I, I tend to read movies face value. I'm, I'm, a dumb, I'm dumb like that, so... Um, I, I read it face value. It, it worked for the most part for me. Um, Jason Siegel, Jason Siegel, to me, holds the movie together quite well. He, um, but overall, I um, I didn't hate this. Had a lot of fun with it. Challenging subject matter, and that's yeah, why I enjoy it. Sounds music. very challenging. Good yeah. subject matter, not some basic bullshit like, well, the alien just gonna get smart. No philosophy <laughs> involved in that movie. And I said, right. well, the alien just gets smart and it eat the rat and get smarter because uh, movie. Right, because movie. No, this one, this one was challenging. I, I thought it was it's quite clever. But I get why some people would just dismiss it and, and not like it. I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it. I give this one, well, since it's Netflix, I'd give it like about an 8 out of 10. Um, if I were to rank it in theaters, I'll probably give it like a, a high movie tongue, if anything. Um, that's kind of general written for it. I had fun with it and because it worked. You know, yeah, and it did a, it did a lot of black humor. But yeah, it had that it had that hipster vibe to everything because everybody being all melancholy and blah 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 mm. and so on and so on. Everybody trying to I, it it had a little Wes Anderson vibe at times. So uh, I see you know that that people kind of being kind of cookie. Robert Redford is quite good in this as well. There's very few movies he's not. Um, <laughs> so he I enjoyed his 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 acting and his role in it. And and when they they get into the premise of what he was about and when they explain the narrative, I was like, okay, this is what's going on. That was cool. Even though I think there's still skeptical explanations for what was going on. But whatever, it's fine. Um, it totally worked. Especially when they, when they reveal what the, the big reveal at the end was. That's right. cool. And you get you kinda you kinda saw it come in, but they still made it work how they how they cut it and, and made it because they, they had they had to establish how the character character was in the beginning. So they did some good character establishments overall. I recommend this. Go see it. It's not I thought I thought it would have been like really uncomfortable or anything like that, but it does make the material work well, even though it's very challenging. Right. But it, it don't make you feel cringy or uncomfortable or anything like that. Yeah. Although it depends on your personality. I'm just kind of, I suppose I'm that kind of guy. So that's just me. Um, yeah, I, I recommend this one. Eight out of ten. Hi, probably give it like a, a again high movie tongue if anything. All right. Well, I'll I'll give this one a, a look. Honestly, like I say, I yeah. didn't even know that this thing existed. Had I known, I would have checked yeah. it out. But yeah, judging from what you said. I'll give this one a look. So I'm hoping that I that I enjoy it just as much, maybe not as much, but you know, <laughs> I I enjoy it as well. It, no, it it treated it treated the subject matter very intelligently. Um, and they did a good job. But even I, I like the idea of how they they did good arguments for not so much for suicide, but 
kind of against suicide, even if, even if you have all of these quote-unquote reasons for doing it, you'll still make arguments against it. And, and Jason Siegel's character did a great job with that shit. Um, you know, his character, because he, and he explained, but he explained the emotional reasons of why he did it. And they do that really, they do a good job with that. So, that is it. Okay. Cool. My only issue is that they kind of pace things out a little better. That's about it. All right. Yeah. So, see, that wasn't that hard, right? You actually reviewed two movies on your own. Yay. <laughs> I, I just rushed two movies on my own because I hate talking about movies in depth. I hear, I hear, I hear. Teacher's own. Alright, so, Ricardo, where can we find you online, man? Um, Passat, R-M-E-D-D-Y on Twitter. That is at R-Medi on Twitter. And then you could find me, just type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook, and you should find me there. Cool. You could also find me on Twitter. Just look for my handle, Legally Black MJB, MJB and capital letters. You could also find me on Facebook. Just look for my name, Matthew Bailey, as well as a Legally Black official fan base where you'll find the link to this podcast here, as well as the others that I've done before. And, of course, my written reviews. You can find those there as well. Uh, stuff to look cool. forward to. The Fate ah, of, of the Furious, <laughs> ah, <laughs> which yes. we both will yes. be checking out in glorious IMAX. Yeah, we're going to see the IMAX. On the subject of that, just special announcement. I kind of hinted it at you um, recently, um, Ricardo. We'll yeah. be having our first ever Fast and Furious special of Bears Beaten Bailey. So, okay, yes, cool. because this is the eighth film in the still ongoing franchise, which is nothing short of fucking amazing, we will be recapping the first seven films which led up to The Fate. Oh boy. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not, right, so Ricardo, I'm not saying that you should stop what you're doing and watch all seven movies because honestly, I've been I doing that for the movies. past couple of weeks. I only have part seven to watch. Sorry, uh, Fast and Furious 7. I pretty much know how that went on anyway, but I just want to recap it anyway. So I will yeah. come up with my knowledge of, you know, just look at that from a retrospective perspective, basically. But I'm not right. saying that you should watch uh, all seven. I, know you have I, think movie, I think the only movie I'll probably go back to see because I really forget what that movie was about, which is uh, the fourth film. Oh, Fast I just, and That Fierce. one really slipped my mind. Really. Yeah, I have, I, have some, I have some stuff to talk about that particular one. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to see most like from a plot standpoint, it's supposed to be like a big linchpin. So yeah. whatever. Yeah, we'll talk about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cool. Um and also, uh before I forget, the expanse season two is almost is almost wrapping up. I believe it's yeah, the I, week listen, after I follow next week be wrapped up. Yeah, I, I follow not sure, so I'm gonna catch up with it please. It's yeah, awesome I, for me. I'll right, right. Well that's what I was gonna say. I am I am I haven't started watching season one. But I will, I'll, I'll make the effort to actually check out both seasons. For, so by the time, you know, season two comes to an end, we could both review season two. Um, and as for right. theatrical releases, honestly, I didn't really see anything that big. i seen, there's a show called Gifted. Um, what else is there? Uh, there's another show, well, it's well, already called Going Style. As I say, with, with Fast and Furious, I knew Fast and Furious had to come out early April anyway, so the blockbuster is going to start rolling in uh, very soon. Yeah, um, I know so next month May- we're supposed to get more, uh, Wonder yeah. Woman, we're supposed to get Galaxy, right. Galaxy Volume 2. Yep. B- yeah, yeah, it's only big coming. Yeah. So that's why I'm not really like thinking about April as a, as a workable year. It's like, yeah, when May start, I didn't give a shit about Smooths or anything like that, so it's like, whatever, moving on. Yeah. Um, I know we're not going to check out Smooths. I'm, I'm sorry, that that's already yeah, no, again, low reviews. So yeah. You know, the sad part, the sad part about Smooths is that, um, the sad part about Smooths is that, you see, if this came out in 2011, I would have cared. 
because Disney movie they should have made, but yeah, I hear still animation, should... none of that live action, right? And they actually shit. live in the world of the Smurfs, exactly. However, yeah, I, but I don't give a shit at this point. It's like, yeah, only make what two two Smurfs movies in the live action bullshit. Fuck off, you know. But yeah, but but point being is like in terms of April, honestly, we're not seeing anything much in terms of big theatrical releases that nah. we have to see apart from Feet of the Furious. Yeah, it's only when it's only when the big blockbusters come through. That's when it, that's when the hype started hit. Yeah, but in the meantime, yeah, but in the meantime, though, guys, you could still look out for the um, for the Fast and Furious episode, which um, which will be coming up um, next week, and you know we'll talk about and afterwards we'll talk about um, the Expanse season two. So, yeah. once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This was Machibili and Ricardo Medina. And we are signing off from another episode of Bears, Beats, and Bailey. So, take care, guys. Until the next one, peace, more life. Later.